Vice President, staff is ready when you are. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday, November 16th meeting of the Ann Land and Bertha Hensel Memorial Fund Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Vice President. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Chan is absent. Commissioner Smith? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Arnold? Here, Arnold. Arnold, thank you so much. Sure. Commissioner Ellis? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Corbs? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez? I do see her here. Thank you. Commissioner Zamandudin, please correct me. Zamanadine. Hey, one more time. Zamanadine. Thank you. And Vice President McIntosh. Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the president confirms, or in this case, vice president confirms that the public comment speaking period for your desired item. Online, if you are online, click on the raise hand on the bottom of your screen, mobile app. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. Telephone, if you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you're called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. For those who can, please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous peoples and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisinan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Wintun peoples and the people of the Wintun Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before people's histories, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Vice President. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item?
it does not appear so. Okay. We will now, oh, do we have to, okay. We need a, a, a motion to. Uh, I'd like to make a motion to approve the consent calendar. Terrific, do we have a second? I have a second. Thank you. We have a, a motion by Commissioner Talbot and the second was by Commissioner Ellis, yes? Giannis. 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 Thank you, thank you. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Vice President. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Chan is absent. Commissioner Smith? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Arnold? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Corbs? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Yunez? Yes. Commissioner Zamudin? Aye. Thank you. Um, Vice President McIntosh? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item two is the update on chapter 2.40 of, of the Sacramento City Code relating to boards and commissions generally. And this is an oral report. Is there a staff presentation? Yes, there is a staff presentation, Vice President. Good morning. My name is Mindy Cuppy. Excuse me. I can barely hear you. Good morning. Is that better? Yes. Perfect. I was plenty short enough for the microphone. So if staff will pull up the presentation, I'll go ahead and get started and then we'll step through a presentation. So good morning. I'm Mindy Cuppy, your city clerk. And so for background, last June, the mayor asked that the Personnel and Public Employees Committee, the PNPE Committee, establish oversight, facilitation, and staffing responsibilities for city commissions. So over the past months, we've put some structural updates in place to continue to move forward with steps to uplift commissions' voices. Um, the first is the foundational municipal code that governs boards and commissions in general. And I think it's important that you understand the underlying code that governs your advisory body. So I'll take you through at a very high level a brief update on this code. So on August 30th, the City Council approved an update to the City Code Chapter 2.40, which is boards and commissions generally. This is the foundational law governing city boards, commissions, and committees who are appointed by the mayor and the city council. Um, it is the intent of the city council in enacting this chapter to assure that appointees for seats on boards and commissions possess those high ethical standards required of them to properly fulfill their functions, to disclose any conflicts of interest that would render applicants and appointees ineffective in their performance of their duties or which would jeopardize the interests of the city to protect applicants and appointees against untrue allegations with respect to their background integrity and to establish a uniform administrative framework for all city boards and commissions. So as you know, commissioners are appointed from within the community and expected to represent the city as a whole while promoting community and stakeholder input and taking into account all viewpoints. Serving as a commissioner provides a way for residents who have special experience or interest to participate in the city's decision-making processes by advising city staff and the city council on numerous issues. The specific role of most commissions to, is to review and make recommendations to the city council on matters within its scope of authority and responsibility. And this is most commonly achieved by the commission at a publicly noticed meeting, serving as a venue for public input and participation. 
So as we continue to uplift commissions to the same expectations, standards, and processes as the City Council, I'm excited to be creating what will be a model commissions program that I believe other cities will emulate. We will be a model of transparency and inclusiveness. Our commissions will be inclusive with a diversity of voices, <coughs> be transparent, all activities will be open to the public. We'll encourage public participation. We'll follow consistent standards such as the Sacramento Sunshine Ordinance and the Brown Act. We'll have a clear legislative history of the important work that you do and have a clear and consistent process for commissions to communicate and to report to the council. So I'm going to step through the um, provisions of the code at a very high level. Um, this is, of course, no replacement for reading the code, which is part of your staff report. Um, and then we'll talk about appointment procedures. So you've all been through this, so I don't probably need to go into it, but applicants must submit an application. Um, for your commission, applicants are appointed or recommended by the Personnel and Public Employees Committee, and then they're appointed by the mayor with the concurrence of the council, and then vacancies follow the same practice. So failure to attend meetings. Um, I always think it's silly to have to say this, but we need you to attend meetings. We can't have a meeting without a quorum of the commission. And then failure to attend a meeting without a minimum of four hours advance notice um, of the absence to the city clerk is considered an unexcused absence. And three unexcused absences from regular meetings um, are deemed good cause removal um, from the member from office. Terms, this is one thing that's different for your, your commission. So terms of each member is a period of four years, um, unless it's different um, based on um, city charter or code. So um, of course, you'll have six-year terms. Limitation on consecutive number of terms. So no person may serve more than two consecutive terms. Removal of members. So each member shall comply with the laws or requirements related to the member's office. So including but not limited to, and you've all been through this, um, submitting an oath of office, um, filing a state of statement of economic interest if applicable. I don't believe that's applicable for your commission. Completing training in general ethics and principles of, of ethics laws. So meetings generally. So each regular meeting of the city board or commission shall be noticed. Uh, will be conducted in order with the, in, um, excuse me, with the council rules of procedure. If a quorum is not established within 15 minutes of the meeting start time, that meeting will be canceled. And then with the approval of the city clerk, the boards and commissions may notice and hold special meetings as necessary to conduct your business. So ad hocs and subcommittees. So city boards and commissions may not establish ad hoc committees. However, they can establish subcommittees upon approval of the city council. So chairpersons, um, so yours is called a vice president and vice president, but um, annually you do, you do elect a member to serve in these roles, and then that person serves as a presiding officer over meeting to ensure the orderly conduct of meetings. In the absence of the president, the vice president shall act as that presiding officer. Um, for staffing, um, the code um, defines clearly that the city clerk shall um, act as your secretary um, to maintain your minutes your agendas and so forth. The city attorney shall act as legal counsel. And then in at least every five years, the city clerk shall report um, to the city council on the status of all boards and commissions. So in, in summary, we've done a lot of work to uplift commissions voices. However, I think we still have much to do. Over the past year, we've ensured commissions follow the same high standards as the city council for agendas, meeting facilitation, and legislative history. The mere city council standards and processes. 
We've created a recruitment video, a commissioner handbook, commissioner orientation and onboarding process, and meeting facilitation guide for chairpersons. However, I think there's still much to do in order to continue to uplift our commission's voices and ensure inclusivity. Um, we're bringing an update of the council rules of procedure to the city council, and it will address, among other things, a standard and consistent process for commissions to report to the council, including accomplishments, recommendations, and upcoming year objectives. Um, we're working to develop ongoing training for commissions and department staff, and we're expanding our recruitment for all commissions with a focus on diversity and inclusion. And I'd like to show a brief video highlighting our commissions program, and then I will be available for questions regarding the Sacramento City Code Section 2.40 boards and commissions generally. Serving as a council appointee to a City of Sacramento commission is both an awesome opportunity and a significant commitment. The following information will give new appointees and potential applicants an overview of the position's roles and responsibilities. The City of Sacramento utilizes more than 25 commissions to promote community and stakeholder input. Most serve in an advisory capacity to the City Council. However, a few are quasi-judicial, complaint reviews, or appeals boards. Serving as a council appointee provides a way for residents who have special experience or interests to participate in the city's decision-making process by advising city staff and the city council on a wide variety of issues. As an appointee, you interact creatively as a link between the city council and citizens of all ages, interests, and backgrounds. You represent the city as a whole and will help facilitate active and inclusive input, ensuring that all voices are incorporated into any recommendation made to the city council. To effectively participate, appointees often have lengthy reports to review in order to prepare effectively for public meetings. Attendance at meetings is essential. The Ralph M. Brown Act, California's open meeting law, and the City of Sacramento's Sunshine Ordinance have requirements to ensure that all city councils, boards, commissions, and committees are inclusive, transparent, and encourage public participation. Agendas must be posted to clearly communicate what the commission will be discussing and how the public can be part of that conversation. The order and conduct of business of council-established commissions are also governed by the City of Sacramento Council Rules of Procedure. It is critical that appointees only discuss items under their purview at an open and public meeting and avoid discussions outside the public forum. A meeting could be any gathering of a majority of appointees to discuss items under their jurisdiction, and discussions in non-public formats, such as email, phone, or text message, must be avoided. To ensure transparency and a high level of service, appointees have educational requirements such as ethics and sexual harassment training. Appointees may also have reporting requirements such as filing of a statement of economic interests, FPPC Form 700, upon appointment, annually, and when leaving. We appreciate your interest in the City of Sacramento Board, Commission, and Committee Program, an opportunity for citizens to ensure transparent, open, and inclusive participation in the City's decision-making process. Please visit our website for appointee resources and information on applying to serve. Commissions.CityOfSacramento.org Clerk at CityOfSacramento.org 916-808-7200
Thank you, Vice President, President and Commissioners for allowing me to present this morning. I'm available for any questions. Thank you, Ms. Cubby. Does anyone uh, have any questions? I have a question. Please. Um, we, in my lifetime in this commission, we did have a commissioner that was three times consecutively absent. Um, what constitutes excusable absent? That's a great question. So it, it depends. Um, Typically, that would be um, a medical emergency. Um, if they give us four hours notice, that is considered an excused absence. However, there's also a provision that if they miss more than um, a certain percentage of meetings, um, even if it's an excused absence, they could be removed. Hmm. So, and that provision is three consecutive unexcused absences or absence from one-fourth of all meetings in a 12-month period. Okay. It's so it's medical emergency is what I wanted to know. Tip to the provision actually says giving notice. So advance notice of the absence to the city clerk. Okay. So they could just say, I'm not going to be present at meeting and their excuse. Correct. <laughs> so they can do this three times straight in a row and it's still legal. Um, and for your commission, I believe you meet quarterly, am I correct, staff? Um, and so if they missed three meetings in a row, that would be more than um, one-fourth of all meetings in a 12-month period. Um, and so they would, that would be good, deemed good cause for removal. So the, the second provision would, would weigh in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Do you have any other questions from commissioners? I have a question. Um, just some clarity. So, am, am, am I hearing right for our commission specifically? Since we meet quarterly, that sort of essentially means if we miss more than one meeting, then we're eligible uh, to essentially um, be voted out, or how would you say that? Is that is that correct? That's correct. That would it would be deemed good cause for removal. Typically, we never want to remove a commissioner, so we'd reach out um, and see if there's an issue that we need to help resolve with you. Thank you. Yeah, I want to make a correction. It's not always four meetings. Sometimes we have special meetings in situations. So, um, in my lifetime with this commission, we've had several special meetings. So it's not necessarily four meetings a year. That's correct. It's one-fourth of all meetings in a 12-month period. Thank you. Any other commissioner questions? I have a question. Um, is the document, is it finalized or is it still a work in progress? And if commissioners have something they want to add to it as a suggestion, is there time for that? So this is a final document. It is part of our municipal code. Um, but if you have any recommendations, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I noticed that a panelist has their name, has their hand raised. Oh, please. I, I, I don't see that, but please. Mike Sparks. Mike Sparks. Please, Mr. Sparks. I just wanted to um, 
sort of correct the math a little bit. If if there are no special meetings in a calendar year, then the commission would have four meetings. And so um, one meeting, you'd basically get a one bite at the apple. So you one meeting, you could be absent. If you're absent two meetings, whether it's excused or unexcused, at that point, you've missed more than one fourth. So it's two meetings for this commission would be a good cause for removal. Thank you. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice President. I do not see any hands up for this item. Thank you. And um, and commissioners, one, one last chance to make any comments you'd like to make. Okay, so the next item is review of site visit reports and semi-annual reports. Is there a staff presentation? Good morning, commissioners. The staff uh, site visitation reports and semi-annual reports were primarily received and filed in the August 18th meeting as reviewed by the commission. There were just a few outstanding reports that had yet to be submitted, which are attached in the staff report, as well as the semi-annual reports, which are completed by the this year's grantees. Uh, the three outstanding reports were submitted, and any carryover from the January to June period was noted in the staff report. Um, I'm available if you have any questions. We have any questions? Okay, thank you, Madam Clerk. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice President. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Okay. The next item is item 04, highlights of the city treasurer's annual report and the 2023 funding recommendations. Is there a staff presentation? There most certainly is, Vice President. This is John Colville, the City Treasurer. Good morning to everybody. Good morning. Um, wondering uh, if the clerk could allow Stacy to share her screen, make it easier for my comments to be more applicable to what you see in front of you. Um, this is probably my twentieth presentation to you, Board. It's been twenty years since I've been doing it, so I think after this year, I'm going to pass it off to Stacy because she does all the hard work. She should get all the accolades for it. So, Stacy. Take take. I, I am I am here and I am trying to share my screen, so I will get it up as soon as I can. Okay. Um, so you should have received two documents from our office. One being the annual report, uh, which is in your agenda packet, and then we hand out a uh, point in time um, briefing of of where we stand now and identifies the portfolios. Um, if Stacy can share the screen, if you look on page nine of your annual report, it identifies the performance of the portfolio from fiscal year June 30, 21 to June 30, 22. Um, as you can see, the portfolio earned a 1.24% return over that time period. While that might seem kind of measly, um, if, if you haven't been living in a cave, you know equity markets have really taken a dive, um, especially um the last quarter of this year 
Um, so as you can see, uh, the S&P did a minus almost 12% uh, and bonds did accordingly with the Fed raising rates as, as rates get as rates go up, bond prices go down. It's an inverse relationship. You can see the aggregate bond portfolio lost just under 10%. So Stacy and Patrick did an outstanding job of earning a positive return on this portfolio over the fiscal year. Um, again, that is a total return figure. Um, that's not how we manage this portfolio. We manage this portfolio for uh, income generations for you folks to distribute to the, the needy folks. Um, so again, and if you turn to the following page, you'll see a, a longer historical return pattern for this portfolio. As you can see, um, since inception, we've outperformed uh, every benchmark that, that we have identified. Um, some are particularly, you know, the bond fund is particular to an income generating portfolio, whereas the S&P has a total return. So it's a, it's a capital appreciation and a, a dividend um, performance metric. Is there any questions on the performance of the portfolio? You know, we've mentioned in the past, you know, there's been concerns about volatility in the markets and, and prior commissioners have, have indicated, you know, why are you underperforming the S&P during this time period? And, and we, this is a conversation we have with the council and everyone on a, a pretty regular basis is, is we're long-term investors. So you can't look at a point in time or a 12 month period to really determine the performance of a portfolio. So um, as you can see over the longer run, we've, we've really uh, outperformed many of our peers and, and our benchmarks. So it was a difficult year and, and, and Stacy and Patrick did a great job. So if we wanna to turn to, if there's no questions on the annual reports, I'm gonna jump right into the, the handout that really shows what's going on now. Um, amazing that this portfolio is worth almost four and a half million dollars i mean i remember when i started it was under a million it's, it's incredible what 20 years that's that's why i keep telling my children you know start investing incrementally for 20 years you'll gain a, you know the, the compounding interest is amazing i tell that to everybody so if you look on page one um it'll show you the breakdown of the portfolio um Stacy has, has made an effort to, as bond, bond yields have increased, to bring more fixed income instruments back in the portfolio. Um, when we first took over this portfolio, well before my time, it was a 50-50 fixed income equity portfolio. But as yields fell, it was unable to, we were unable to, get the, to generate the income necessary using only bonds. So that's why we kind of progressed to a 100% equity portfolio where we were earning dividend interests. Now, as rates are going back up, Stacey's finding a fine balance between fixed income and equity where we can lock in gains and not worry so much about principal preservation. As you can see, we're about 30% corporates and about 70% equity. So it's similar to our, our retirement plan. We're trying to get more into locking into rates. So we're trying to build more fixed income into the portfolio. Again, the, the returns for um, one year, again, it was, this is an October 31st through October 31st. The portfolio is down 56 basis points, but you can see relative to the, the broader markets, the S&P is down almost 16% in that same time period. And the, the bond, the general bond fund is down similarly. So you, you can't really escape this, this market change. Usually bonds and equities move inversely. They're, they're not correlated. So you can 
kind of seek you know safety through bonds, but not in this environment. You, there's really no safety to be found except for sitting in cash. Page two of this um, briefing kind of shows you what we're talking about, where, where fixed incomes has changed. Um, you're looking at uh, where the yield curve was in 2021. You're looking at 30-year bonds at a 2% rate. And uh, three months to under five years was under you know 1%. Now we're looking at 4% at you know short money and a very flat curve that's inverted in some places. It, 4% at 30 years. So we've, we've gone up almost 300 basis points. And I'll explain, as I mentioned before, the inverse relationship between fixed income, between bonds and interest rates. As the, the rates go up, the bond prices go down. So that's why you saw such a big drop in, in um, the fixed income portfolios, which usually is a, a, a safety haven. And, and as, as indicated on the graph, you can see core CPI 6.60%. I mean, we all know inflation is bad, but if it can't even fit on the graph, that shows you really how bad it is. We're not even getting a real return on any of our money because inflation is eating it. Page three just indicates the holdings of the portfolio. As you can see, uh, the fixed income portion of our portfolio has increased steadily. Stacy's found bonds that are you know, yielding in excess of 7%, like the CNA bond, and generally anything over 4%. So we're locking in... Um, interest income payments of over 4%, which is helping to our to us gaining more um, yield on the portfolio. The bottom section is just the, uh, hey, there we go. The bottom section is, is the equity positions within the portfolio. Anything highlighted orange is an indication that they've raised their dividend in the last year. Again, that's another um, objective of this portfolio is to grow dividend growth. So that brings us to the final page, I think, which is the most telling of all, showing you know over the lifespan of this portfolio how much income is earned over just over six million dollars, and that's equivalent to what uh, you and your predecessors have distributed out to the community over six million dollars, which is outstanding. Um, because of the the objective of the portfolio is to earn as much income, and that income. This is used to be distributed to the to the poor and indigent, whereas the principal uh, maintains the portfolio and just grows. So that leads me to the you know the big question you're all asking is how much money do we get to spend this year? Um, and again, um, last year Stacy wrote uh, raised the limit from 150 to 160 thousand dollars, and she's going to add another fifth or five thousand dollars this year. So the limit right now is 165 thousand dollars that we would suggest that you use as in your funding um, plan. And um, I think it's only going to go higher as we continue to move fixed income into the portfolio and line lock in those, those interest payments. Stacey, you have anything to offer since you're the, the mastermind behind this portfolio? That's not. Sorry, I, I apologize. I Zoom did an update and it took away all of my security grants that I had made. Um, no, John, I think you covered it very well. Um, we are looking to add to um, get more income into the portfolio, more stable income, so that going forward, we can look at increases. Um, we are in a very unique situation right now, as John mentioned, with high interest rates on bonds. So we will look to continue to swap some assets into fixed income so that we can continue to increase the annual allotments. 
we're, we're happy to answer any questions, Lori, or any of the other commissioners. I, I just want to come and you guys do an outstanding job. I think I'm here for oh, 10 years already in this one. So John, kudos to you and Stacy, applause. Okay. Wonderful job. Thanks Juan, it's good seeing you again. Yes, thank you, John and uh, Stacy and Patrick. First, we're gonna ask if the public wishes to speak on this and then the commission will come back and, and uh, address you know, what our thoughts might be. So Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Vice Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Great. Now, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? And I'm going to um, take my privilege to speak first. Um, John, Stacy, and Patrick, you know that I'm one of the people in the past, the commissioners in the past, who was concerned when the stock market was doing so well and, and, and our fund was not. I have now been shown the wisdom of your ways. I am so thrilled that your portfolio has done as well as it has. It, it, it was it was a bit shocking to see how well it was compared to everything else that's going on in the world. So on behalf of the Sacramento city and all of our residents, thank you, thank you, thank you for your conservative approach because it's it's proven uh, hands down to be the way to go. And uh, and I just wanna thank you for that. Well, well thank you, Lori. It's, it's a lot of people and younger generations have never seen a bear market, have never seen high interest rates. So they always think, you know, the, the market's going to perpetually go forward, you know, and, and I've lived through 08, 09. I've been doing this for nearly 30 years. So I've seen a lot of market. So it's hard to contain people's enthusiasm when the market's going up to <laughs> let them know that there's a you know, there's an opportunity to, to lose. And a lot of them haven't had, had losses in a lot of their years. So thank you. You're very welcome. Do we have any other commissioners who'd like to address this? Okay. Well, thank you again for all your hard work. We we it's much appreciated. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. So the next item is uh, funding allocations. Is there a staff presentation? Commissioners, I will be sharing my screen. One second, please. So what I'm sharing on my screen was also included in the staff report, um, but I'm putting up here for easy reference. Uh, we received a number of applications this year for the 2023 grant cycle. Uh, the ineligible applications as per the grant guidelines were those that had submitted but either did not meet eligibility requirements, uh, meaning that they were not, they did not have at least one office or service location within the city of Sacramento, as well as not completing the application in full. Um, and as you can see from the list, all of the ineligible applicants did not complete uh, the uh, documentation requirements. Of the eligible applicants, part of the city's requirements in order to enter into contract requires a current status, a current or exempt status with the Office of Attorney General's Registry of Charitable Trusts. As you can see, uh, there are varying status um, updates, and this was as of November 1st of this year. 
I do want to note that the Attorney General's site has noted delays in processing their status updates. Uh, so uh, any applications that were noted for funding, they do need to have their updated status to current at the latest date would be December 1st of this year to be eligible for a grant award. So although this commission may note um, any or all of these agencies for funding, unless their status has been updated to current, we will not be able to enter into contract. Um, and the latest date that we would be able to accept that update would be December 1st. Uh, I also want to note that we normally, uh, we normal, the, the deadline normally to have an updated or current status with the OAG site is normally at the time that they submit a grant application, but we are trying to provide as much flexibility as possible due to the delays on the Office of Attorney General site. The other page included in the staff report is a synopsis of the grant applications as per uh, the grant requests as could be read from the budget documents submitted, the service categories indicated on the application, the number of clients served, and the percentage of total clients served in that program out of all their services, the program activity types based on their application and budget line items as indicated on their budget attachment. Also provided is an overarching sheet showing the funding history of ANLAN going back to 2010, um, showing the agencies that have been funded over the years all the way up until the current year of funding. And lastly, the Commission's preliminary evaluation scores as submitted prior to the meeting and uh, during which uh, we will enter into pre uh, a presentation by each of the agencies who will be called on in turn to present for two minutes each and then answer questions by the Commission. I do see hands raised and I'm happy to answer any questions. No. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, two things really, as it's more related, um, the, if, if the organizations don't meet the deadline of December 1st and we um, sort of divvy up the, the distributions today or, or the allocations, how will the distributions be reflected if some of those organizations don't meet that deadline on December 1st? So if they were noted for funding in this meeting but did not meet the updated status requirements in order to enter into contract with the city, we would simply not be able to enter into that grant agreement and the funds would remain in the Anland Memorial, uh, Anland Bertha Henschel Memorial Fund uh, for following years. So that was my question that was similar. So the money would go back into the fund. Does that mean that next year if we had 165,000 and we had 10,000 outstanding because of delinquent, um, their status remained delinquent, we would have then an additional 10,000 for next year's funding allocation? Is that how I'm understanding that? 
You are correct in the sense that no funding, uh, it's not that we would retract the funding, it, it would have been allocated here at this meeting, but because we could not enter into contract, the, no funding would have actually gone out, so it just remains in the fund. Um, as to the amount that would be available the following year, theoretically, yes, uh, but you know, as, as it is always dependent on you know, the investments that occur over the course of the year, I, I, I don't know exactly what that number would look like. Okay, so it just goes back into the fund and it kind of just, it just gets wasted then, basically. It goes back into the fund and then next year they figure out how much we can give. So that, that let's say it was 10,000, that 10,000 doesn't have a little note saying we're going to add this to the total allocation then. Hmm. Well, it, okay. rem it remains in the fund. It never went out uh, because although the commission right. is making allocations based on the applications, if we're unable to enter into contract with the entity legally, uh, then we cannot allocate funding. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, have, I have thoughts on that, but uh, Commissioner Yanis has her hand up. So, Commissioner Yanis. Um, hi. Uh, my question is um, the delinquents, like for instance, Meals on Wheels by ACC. Uh, if they're delinquent, they're not going to be presenting, correct? they don't qualify if if their status has not been updated uh, so as as always we publish as soon as possible with all of the requirements for uh, the application to submit to be eligible for consideration for funding uh, this has always been a part of that so uh, returning applicants know year to year that this is part of the status um, Generally speaking, the Office of Attorney General sends out uh, update requirements for any agencies that need to update their, their documentation, uh, pay any relevant fees, uh, provide any, any other additional reports or documentation as necessary. And they generally do that around January or February of the year it is due. And we do not release our guidelines until September. So. Uh, it's also not that agencies are only finding out when they apply. Uh, they generally, if they're a returning applicant, they have all year. This is also standard uh, documentation required by the state of California for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. uh, is current status with the Office of Attorney General as well as the Secretary of State, um, as well as uh, their federal designation as a 501c3 by the IRS. Um, and so our standards follow that standard. Okay, but is this already, they're already assigned a delinquent. Nothing's gonna change there, right? It could, so be, it could be that they have already submitted their documentation and that it has not been updated by the site, which is why we are trying to provide the greatest amount of flexibility possible. But because it is an absolute requirement for the city to be able to enter into contract as a prerequisite, uh, December 1st is the last day that we can wait to check for an updated status. Mm. Yeah, that one doesn't say even current or waiting reporting at all. So it's um, Wellsprings. Mm. Okay. Okay. So are, are we still assuming that the organizations are going to be in the grant funding list, um, even if they are delinquent? I'm sorry to cut in line, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to address that question, Yusuf, Commissioner Samanunan. Um, so I'm hoping that Commissioner Talbot um, has something to say, and then I can address what you just brought up. Are you ready for me? I am ready. <laughs> okay. Um, 
just as a reminder, my last name is Smith and you're calling everybody by their last names. Um, so my thought is they've had 11 months, um, but if, we're, if we know of a problem with the state, then I think we give them the benefit of the doubt um, and go forward, but we're not, we're not penalizing them until December 1st. So they have, they have two more weeks from today to get the get their status current um and janelle does it have to be current on the website or can they provide some other proof of it being current like a letter or something like that so it is my understanding that the office of attorney general does communicate with applicants by letter or email when to acknowledge that they have submitted documentation but not necessarily processed because we require a verification by the Office of Attorney General, we do rely on the site being updated in order to verify and print that the status uh, of current status. Um, so without, without the site being updated, we cannot independently verify. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Thank you, Commissioner Smith. Um, and so sort of, um, wrap this all up with, in a, with a bow. Um, I have several clients who have had this issue with the Department of Justice, and it is taking up to two and a half months after they have submitted their paperwork for it to show up on the website. So I think we need to give um, some a grace period to all these folks. Um, and I think Janelle is absolutely right that we have to have a cutoff by December 1st because that's what the city requires in terms of how they contract. So what we could do um, is uh, do all our scoring like we always do, and then just have a caveat that as of December 1st, if any of the funding that we've awarded to the nonprofits that are currently listed as delinquent, if they are still delinquent on December 1st, their funding will go to XYZ. That is one thought I had on how to handle that. As Commissioner Corbs addressed, you know, we don't want we don't want to lose this opportunity because we have so many uh, requests this year. I, I love that idea. I think that's great. So I'm glad you thought of that because I clearly <laughs> did not. I was like, wait, that money's just going to go back into the fund. Wait, what? We're going to lose it. So perfect. Thank you. And Janelle, is that something that we have to have a, approved my idea or we can we just agree as a commission to do it that way? My understanding is that uh, you would need to make that as a part of your for formal motion when you are ready to uh, confirm the 2023 funding allocations um, after all your final scores have been tabulated and the award allocations have been determined. Uh, Commissioner Zamanudin. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I kind of have two schools of thought on this. Is with, with the excess funding, um, I mean, I hate to kind of go against Ms. Yanez here or Commissioner Yanez, but you know, to, or I'm sorry, not, not Ms. Yanez, the, um, who was that lady? Sorry, what, whoever said one, they wanted to <laughs> get deviated up. Um, you know, to essentially maybe instead of going to X, Y, and Z, you know, us choosing those different um, organizations, maybe having it get distributed equally throughout the different organizations that we do fund as a sort of like an equal percentage. You know, that I don't know if 
I don't know if this is an open forum to talk about this or not, or, or how in depth we want to get on this. Or um, the other thing is, you know, if it goes back, you know, the, the power of compounding as the city treasurer kind of mentioned, is, you know, we would have more assets for, for next year to, to give to the organization. So that's, that's one thing to, to consider. It's not, I don't think it's a negative thing to, to have it go back because then we'll just have even more money allocated to us next year. So, um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if there's an open forum to discuss this. Um, we just kind yeah, of my, my understanding is that when we, when it's time to make a motion, that's when we have this conversation. Okay. So thank you. And Janelle, correct me if I'm wrong, please. No, but I, I do believe that during that discussion, it may be prudent to consult with the commission attorney uh, to determine, because this would all happen after the meeting, any reallocation of funds, if that is what determined. Uh, so to make sure that that guidance is uh, explicit and clear um, so that no, uh, uh, no subjectivity could be made part of that process. Okay. Janelle, have you completed your presentation or, or did we just interrupt you right in the middle of it? I think we have a question. We have a question, you said? Yeah, I saw Mr. Sparks had a question. Yes, Mr. Sparks. Yeah, I was going to say that um, I mean, you, you can have the conversation now. It, um, you may want to have the conversation now about how you would allocate those funds before you get into the tabulation mode mm -hmm. um, because you that may affect um, when you're actually discussing the motion um, you may just want to have sort of the ground rules established before you um, make the allocation. Um, in terms of eliminating any subjectivity or anything like that, yeah, the motion should be very explicit about how the money would be allocated. Um, it should be very um, specific so that it's very easy for staff to simply implement it. There's no subjectivity. There's no interpretation required. It's very sort of regimented um, about how it will work. So how you ultimately sort of formulate that um, is up to you, but sort of keep that in mind that it, it needs to be very sort of explicit about how the process is going to work. Okay, we appreciate that. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez. I have a more rigid um, view of this. Um, if you look at some of these people, um, organizations, they've been here for years. They are not new. This is something that they know they have to do every year. And I think they should be eliminated. I, I don't think we should be speculating if and when by December 1st, if it isn't by this date, this meeting, that we can make a decision no. to discuss it, then I'm thinking my, my proposition is delete them. Don't give them another month. Um, they um spring for example uh, well spring women's center they've been they've been um one of our um designated charities that we donated for years and years and years and now they have a delinquent 
this is not new information. This is old information that they should be adhering to the rules and not flexing for them. And this is a, a point to learn, lesson learned, that they need to be punctual. I know, I know they got submitted, uh, they have two months, but why the two months when they had a whole year to do this? So my, my proposition is process of elimination so that we get the current ones money and not tackle in the end, you know, the leftover uh, remaining funds, just leave them in the fund. And next year we'll get to do maybe 185,000. But um, this is very speculative, you know, current waiting report and delinquents. They had an opportunity to fix that a long time ago. Okay, that's my speech. So, Mr. Sparks, you're saying that right now we should come to an agreement of some sort on how we're going to handle this. Mm -hmm. So do we have any? I mean, I think that, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you can go through this whole process. Um, you, you have discretion to handle it however you'd like. Let me just put it to you that way. You can resolve it now or you can resolve it later. At some point, you have to resolve it. Right. It, I, I think you're right, though. We need to we need to know before we put in our final scores mm -hmm. what the playing field is. Commissioner Corbs. Um, I appreciate Commissioner Yanez's comment. I totally do. At the same time, how many of us we had how many months to do our little spreadsheet, and how many of us waited until the last week? So you might, I don't know, did you get yours done right away? <laughs> Commissioner, I think, I, think I, I think it was the first one. Okay, so the point is, I totally understand that. I know I waited, you know, things are, you're right though, a year is different than having just a month to do something, I get that. And, and, and um, I've been here 10 years, so these people have been here 10 years doing the same thing. They, they should have known, yeah, I, I, but... Um, at least the ones that are awaiting that have that have submitted it, I would say that we give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. I just know that it seems like this day and age, there's a lot of procrastination going on just in general. And um, so it, I was just thinking about that when you were speaking. I was like, we all waited till the last minute. I, I know. know. So, so um, here's the thing. It's going to perpetuate the same behavior. We need to cut no, it. And I understand that. I understand. And, and just this because I'm wasting time evaluating for for a, an organization to get a, a grant and then find out they're not going to get it because they well, maybe that we move up that date. And Janelle, I don't know if, if you're able to do that. That date should maybe be three months earlier so that when we come to this meeting, everything is is cut and dry. There's no questions asked. That that is an option. I, I mean, this is this is unique that. Uh, because I've been working with the the charitable the registry of charitable trusts for many years, and so this is the first time I've seen them taking you know two and a half to three months to uh, put update when they receive the reporting. So these two organizations that are delinquent, you know, may have put in their paperwork in August for all we know. Um, but I understand. I understand the position you all are taking, and I'm uh, interested in hearing what everyone else has to say. Commissioner Smith. So I think um, 
it's this is very different than the, the amount of time we spend evaluating these things. Um, these people are asking us to give them money. Um, we're doing a volunteer job for the city of Sacramento, which I love doing. But even even I run into, oh my God, I've got to get this done next week. But I'm not asking anybody to give me thousands of dollars. Um, I'm doing a volunteer job. And so I think there's a trying to draw a nexus between, or not a nexus, but a comparison between us and the grant applicate applica applicators uh, or appliers um, is kind of a, it's not, it's not an analogous position. Um, but I also think that it's going to be difficult for us to describe a process to reallocate these funds unless we keep it exceptionally simple because of all the calculations that are involved in our grant, um, in our granting of the money to start with. Um, it would have to be something like that's spread evenly between the top 10 grantees or the top six grantees or something like that, because otherwise trying to come up with a what percentage goes to who, that yeah. sort of thing is gonna be hard to implement for the city staff and I don't think it's fair to do that to them. Um, we need to decide, do we want to reallocate it or not? And then if we want to reallocate it, what simple method do we want to use to do that? That's my two cents. Thank you. Commissioner Zamanuddin. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm sort of stuck in the, in the middle here, my, my thought process. Um, I kind of get both, both sides. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think... Well, two things. I, I don't know if we can if we can sort of just put put a a pin in this uh, and maybe call a I don't want to put more stuff in a pot here with mix, but uh, call some sort of special meeting before the deadline and and maybe talk about it then so that the fifty plus people that are on the the call don't have to really go through this um, back and forth. Or you know, that's one. The other thing. I agree with Commissioner Smith. I think it has to be super simple and, and, and very objective. And either either we just put it back in or leave it. I guess I didn't put it back because it's not taken out. But leave it in the account um, and just let it do its thing until next year or just maybe spread it equally throughout all the different organizations um, just to keep it very, very objective. And, and, and that way we don't get to choose specific organizations or, or what have you. Um, so that's my thoughts. Thank you. Commissioner Hi. Um, I, I agree about deadlines or deadlines. I, I think if they didn't get in and by the deadline, we should move on and pick another organization. I think reallocating is messy and we should avoid it. And next year they get their funding. It's unfortunate, but that's, yeah, I am also agreeable to a special uh, meeting to talk about this further. Okay, do we have a, a motion to describe what folks are saying here? Commissioner Talbot. This, this is a, a trial balloon. Um, I would like to move that we do not fund delinquent organizations this year, that we allow the funds to roll over to next year um, to simplify the funding process and to avoid having any reallocation. Um, 
So that's my motion. Mr. Sparks. Yeah, you don't need an, a motion at this point. I, okay. I think you just sort of verbally agree on sort of what the process is going to be. And then that's ultimately reflected in your final motion. Okay, thank you. Commissioner. I, 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 I would like to withdraw my motion. Thank you. To keep it clean. Thank you, Commissioner Smith. Commissioner Alma. Um, I just needed a little clarification. His motion, I was with the following except for the money being used next year. I thought we would fund, if we didn't reallocate at the end when someone jumped in and said, um, oh, wait, we do have all our information. I thought we would just fund the next organization down. You're, and it wouldn't be pushed to next year. Okay. You're correct. Okay. My motion had a, I was in error. No worries. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez. I want to make it much easier. I eliminate even those who are currently uh, waiting and eliminate the delinquents and just work with the ones who are current. Weeks. Oh. Easy, fast, and, and we're not going to be, you know, we want to have a meeting um, in January to allocate the remaining funds that, that weren't allocated, but I, I just find it very difficult to um, percentage or leftovers. Is is that I, I'm here like clean cut? If you're current, can, we see, can we see all the ones that were? Can um, Janelle? Can you bring up that screen again, or is it somewhere and I'm just missing it? We don't have that particular one. She she had it up. Yeah, we do. No, no, it's, in our, it's in our packet. Yeah, I didn't print out that packet, so I don't have it. It's online here for me. Yeah. So yeah, we have like thirty percent that are in waiting status. And, and I know firsthand multiple organizations that have applied this spring, put their paperwork in this spring, and it's showing up as currently awaiting. So I, I, I would object to removing them from consideration. This is a Department of Justice issue when, when you're looking at the awaiting reporting. Yeah. I, I, I worry about eliminating all those, especially if they if they did do it right and they did do it three, four months ago. And it's just I, I don't I'm not sure that that would be appropriate. And, and especially if if what Commissioner Smith was saying is that we're going to just go back and put it back into the fund. That's yeah. not like let's say that what let's say those ones that were currently awaiting ended up being fifty thousand dollars if it was a third. That gets put back in the fund. That does not mean that we're going to get 165,000 plus the 50,000 for next year. That's what they just said. That means that we may get 175,000 for next year. So that 50,000 will go away. And I, I'm not sure that I would be comfortable with that. There's too many, too many needy people in Sacramento that need that money. Thank you, Commissioner Corbs. Commissioner Allnott. Pressing the wrong buttons. Okay, so this list here, how old is this list that we're currently looking at? What, what's the date of it? The status was pulled as of November 1st. Okay. Um, I, I think by today's meeting, if they are not current, 
I, I, I think they need to be um, passed over. I'm on that page as well. Even the ones that say awaiting reporting? Oh. Or just the ones that say delinquent? The ones that say delinquent awaiting reporting, um, how are we, that just brings us back to we will have to reallocate and that gets messy, right? Yeah. So if it's not today, well, it is unfortunate, but what else are we to do other than go through the process of reallocating a reallocation process and which gets messy. Let's see, the status is. I, Janelle, yeah, how do I, you, how, is, is it some website that you go into? So November 1st to November 17th, what's today, the 17th? So that's been over two weeks. Is there some way to go back into something and see if, if that status has changed in the last two weeks? Or is this something that just gets reported out monthly? How does that get reported out? So I am able to go in at any time and check. Uh, they, they update it as they process it. Uh, so it's not necessarily a set date when they update their site. It, it gets updated on a day-to-day -day basis. So while we're listening to everybody do their two minutes, are, do you, can you go in and look or is that not appropriate? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure this out. We spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, my, we my, need to start moving on here. It's already we've already been on for an hour and we haven't even started. So yeah, and and I want to remind everyone the whole reason that this is is an issue is because the city cannot um, award funding to those that are listed as delinquent. They can indeed fund go into contract with those that say current awaiting reporting. So that's not an issue for the city. Okay. So then that's not an issue. So let's just really quick, let's make a decision on the delinquent. Is there just two? Is it Meals on Wheels and then Wellspring and those are the only two? Yes. Okay, somebody somebody make a decision what they wanna do. Okay, so uh, Mr. Sparks says well, we don't need to make a motion, but can we all get, uh, can we all verbally discuss this? It looks like we have a couple of people that want to speak on that. First, Commissioner Smith. I think we need to get going. We have a lot of presentations. Yes. Um, I would like to see us listen to the presentations and on the two that are delinquent, if Janelle can check those during the presentations, update us after the presentations, and if they are still delinquent, we, we should, because December 1st is two weeks from tomorrow, um, and in the meantime, we have Thanksgiving, there's absolutely no way to get a properly noticed meeting on anybody's schedule before December 1st. So Janelle, if you can check during the presentations and then report to us after the presentations, and then if they are still delinquent, I suggest we just skip over them this year and hopefully they'll be timely next year. Thank you, Commissioner Smith. Commissioner Ellis. Um, I just want to say, um, moving forward, I know this report is dated 11-1. Maybe we can get an updated report maybe a day or two before our meeting. Maybe that would be more helpful. Mm -hmm. That's all. Thank you. And my apologies on that phone call. Um, Commissioner Zamudin. Uh, no, Commissioner Smith hit the nail on the head. We're, we're good. 
Okay, so we are going to um, move forward, and then at, uh, once everyone has made their presentations, Janelle will give us an update. So at this point, um, we have representatives from each applicant agency attending this meeting as required in the application process. Each representative will have two minutes to speak about their proposal, followed by any questions from commissioners. Will staff please call the agency representatives in turn? Can I interject something? I didn't hear Janelle verify that she could do that for during this part of the meeting. And I want to be sure she, that that's doable before we start down this road. Well, I know for a fact it is doable. I, I can do it. <laughs> Any of us can do it. So Okay. I'm not familiar with the, the website or process, so thank you. Thank you. So staff, we'd like to invite a representative of ACC Senior Services to speak. Yes, uh, we would like to invite a representative of ACC Senior Services to speak. Please identify your representative who will be speaking by raising your hand. As a note, once you are promoted to panelist by the clerk to speak, you will have two minutes to address the commission, and then please stay available for questions by the commissioners. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Virginia Winicky, ACC Rice Program Manager. Since ACC Rice started in 2003, welcome fellow service providers and guests. On behalf of ACC rights clients, who most of them are low income, seniors and have difficulty accessing public transport due to mobility and English as their second language, thank you to the Anland and Bertha Hensham Memorial Fund commissioners for your work in making sure the needed programs and services stays afloat, especially during these trying moments. As everyone knows, COVID-19 is still around. Two weeks ago, we have a staff who are exposed to COVID, and a few of them also are, some of our clients have some problems with COVID-related uh, health. ACC Ryan's requesting our funds to cover the cost of our automobile insurance and fuel costs for one of the vehicles to provide group shopping trips and attend senior lunch program. Aside from that, we also have other services, including life-saving treatments, to dialysis and chemotherapy and other medical appointments. And I am pleased to let everyone know that some of our volunteers are back. We have 12 to be exact, and our ride staff are all working as is scheduled. And thank you so much again for all your help. And hopefully we can continue doing our service as it was before, where we can transport people in groups Right now, we're still doing the no shared rides, especially in a smaller vehicle, as the place is still compound and we still provide the PPE and all the clients that they provide transportations are seniors and have some issues with their health. So we keep it everyone, we keep everyone safe by making sure that we have the available personal protective equipment as soon as they get into the vehicles. Thank you.
Does anybody have any question for me? I do. Yes. I just want to confirm that um, what I took out this that you are serving a hundred people, clients for yes. this grant, and you want ten thousand dollars for a hundred people within thirteen zip codes. Yes. The the cost of our trip is one dollar for those who goes to the meal site and any additional cost, let's say five dollars is for those who go shopping. But however, not everybody can afford to provide the donation to us. And most of the time actually some of our volunteers cover the cost of their contribution to the program. We have over three thousand clients. However, we know that the 10,000 will not be very, it's not could applicable to include all those clients who are not doing the service that we specifically request from this funding. Did I answer your question, Commissioner? Not really. I'm just dividing 100 into 10,000. How much is the cost? So that sounds a little too high for me. So my question was, um, and this is including only 100 clients is what you put down in your application. Yes, because each client, we transport them three days a week to meal site. Okay. So, so it provides. Yes. So it's not one trip only. That's, okay. That's what I'm trying to clarify here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Zamanudin. Yes, the, the, this is maybe more so for the commission, but, um, do we fund the insurance payments or the, the insurance costs? Is that something that, that the commission, that, that's what I was confused about when I was reading the allocation of, of, of funds that, that would be utilized by ACC. Cause I think you guys are doing a great job and, and a great service, but the variance that I had was essentially what you were going to fund was the insurance operational cost and, um, I, I, I didn't know if that's something that we actually were able to do. The transportation that we provide is people going to access food, which is shopping, right. and the access for the meal program, which is also part of food. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I completely understand that. I, I'm just saying operationally, um, well, again, this is more so for some of the more experienced commissioners here that, that know a little more background. Um, because I know you guys are doing a great job, but is this something that the commission actually, by protocol, is okay with funding? I think we talked about that in the past, that it was as long as it included transportation, right? It was transportation, food, shelter, and we've been, this is what we have been paying them for, <laughs> since I've been on board. So four years, is this my fourth year? Yeah. Is this my fourth year? That historically, historically, we have funded ACC senior services um and i think this goes into a bigger discussion that we need to have after the presentations based on the dollar amounts we've been asked for this year um because we do also set our funding priorities for the year um and so i think that's a different i think what you're asking uh, yusuf is we've done it in the past but are we going to do it this year and i think that's a discussion that for the global funding discussion rather than for this particular organization. 
That's my two cents. Yes, thank you. And Commissioner Yanez. I, I had the understanding that we were paying for the rides, the, the dollar rides, the $5 rides, not the insurance operation costs. Am I incorrect, Virginia? What actually happened is the $10,000, we put the value of the 10000 in response to how it is being used. The insurance cost is part of it. However, the insurance cost is covered by other funding, part of it also. But the 10000 is specifically is the cost for transporting people. Okay, that's what I thought. I was oh, transporting the, 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 our seniors from where they need to get the dialysis, cancer appointments, and food. Okay, thank you. This is mostly for shopping trips and people who go to the meal site program to eat their lunch. Okay. Thank, thank you for the explanation. I, it, it seemed, at least on paper, that it was more so funding the entire insurance cost of just operations in general, not not sort of a per ride cost broken down. So, so th thank you for explaining that. Welcome. That was my interpretation also when I saw the vehicle insurance and fuel as part of the budget. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Commissioner Ellis. Yes, can you just expand a little bit on your evaluation, um, how you evaluate? I see on your proposal, you say we receive an excellent or very good. Um, you receive comments, I am forever grateful. Can you just talk about your evaluation process? Oh, sure. Every year we send out a client satisfaction survey and we ask the clients how they feel about the program. And that's how we receive the comments that we included on that evaluation service that we entered on the application. So those are comments from clients. So do you track how many people, you know, are receiving the rides? Is that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, we do. In a month, we provide over 1,000 trips, about between 1,300 to 1,500 a month. That is the monthly trips that we provide to them. But prior to pandemic, we provide over 4,000 trips. However, people are still not going out. And that is understandable also because of their health condition. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. And then I, I had a quick question. I just want to confirm that um, you're giving rides to seniors of all income levels, that, that it's not just for low-income seniors. That is correct. That is correct because we cannot decline someone because of their income. However, our priority are the seniors, and the low-income people. Most of our clients are seniors, but we prioritize those who are low-income and does not have access to public transit because of their mobility and their as in English as their second language. Thank you. You're welcome. And Janelle, I have a protocol question. Um, are is it are you the person that's going to ask for the next you know uh, presenter, or is am I supposed to be doing that? Whenever you're ready to indicate, you will move on. I will call each of the representatives up by agency. Ah, thank you. So I think we are ready to move on to the next presenter. Thank you. We would like to invite a representative of Alchemist CDC to speak. Please identify yourself by raising your hand. Once 
promoted to panelists by the clerk, you will have two minutes to address the commission and please stay available for questions by the commissioners. Hi, good morning, commissioners, and thank you for um, having the opportunity to apply for this funding. Um, we are excited about a new program that we've started in the River District called uh, Rooted in the River District Building Equity Through Food. Um, we are managing a community garden that is attached to a mixed income housing development. Currently, all of the residents there, they are, are low income, and they started moving in in June 15th. What we've discovered is that the River District is currently not only a food desert, but also a transportation desert. So it's very difficult for people to get to stores to get access to fresh, healthy produce. Um, so through this program, we are not only giving low-income residents a chance to come to the garden and grow their own food, but also to have access to a farmer farm stand that will be set up adjacent to the garden. Um, with this funding, we would be able to offer CalFresh recipients market match funding so they could use their EBT card at the farm stand and get matched dollar for dollar. Uh, so they're basically doubling their, um, their purchasing power at the farm stand. We're also asking for food boxes that people can not only receive free of charge, but with recipes and demonstrations on how to use that food. Um, the, the final thing that we asked for is help with getting plants and seeds for the gardeners. If any of you have ever gardened, um, it, you need disposable income to get started because gardening can be very expensive. So we have asked and received funding from several sources for um, equipment for cooking demonstrations and workshops. We've received funding to help with irrigation and other equipment for the garden. What we haven't asked for yet and we're asking you for is funds so that we can purchase seeds and plants so for the low-income residents to be able to plant not only their plots, but community plots that can be used by the whole community and they can harvest and, and learn how to use those fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, part of this is that this community used to be the Dos Rios uh, public housing, and it was one of the most dilapidated public housing in Sacramento. Um, Probably five years ago, they, uh, the River District received funding and SHRA to basically completely demolish that housing complex and a new housing complex is in its place and that's Marisol Village. And the community garden is a direct result of what the residents wanted to see when they moved back. Um, this is also the first garden attached to a low income housing and it has opened our eyes to what it can do with um, connecting them to resources beyond food and opportunities, but having health fairs, job fairs, and bringing resources into them. So I, I thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity to receive funding from you. Thank you so much. Uh, Commissioner Smith, it looks like you have a question. Commissioner Smith? 
No, I'm sorry, Commissioner Giannis. Okay, I have several. Uh, the scope doesn't explain their client participation. I know mean, you're offering this, but how do you know they're going to accept it and apply it? What is your marketing strategies? Oh, I, I will. Since the application, we've had several events, so we've held, held workshops. Our first workshop in um, September, we had 50 people participate, 50 families. And in October, we had about 35 families participate. So what we do is on Tuesdays, so the farm stand just started operating. And so it's there on Tuesdays, the, the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. Um, we also do an event on the first Tuesday of each month. This is a new program, so we're, it, it's hard to kind of answer that. Our marketing is working with the resident services at both um, the Cannery Place and Mirasol Village to include our flyers, um, flyers and information on their email list, as well as flyering door to door to the residents. We also participate in um, all the open house or welcomes that the residents that the resident services provides to the residents. So this is a startup organization. Yeah. So this is a startup program. Um, the the residents, the first group of residents moved in June fifteenth. Um, the second group moved in August fifteenth. The largest group of housing is going to move in probably in January, and then there will be over five hundred households that will be on site. Okay. And and I, I, I understand this is in Marisol Village, which is on Richard and 12th? Yes. That's where you're having this? Oh. Yes. So if you're, if you're driving down Richards towards North 12th, you will see the garden and the huge murals that, um, that were painted by the garden. And you can actually, the, the north side of the garden is is on the edge of Richards Boulevard. Okay. And just to clarify, uh, Commissioner Yanez, Alchemist CDC has actually been around for quite some time. The organization itself isn't new. It's just that this program is new. Yeah, I, I know. And so um, usually we don't do startups. Yeah, it's not, it's not a startup is what I'm saying. But he just said so it was. It's a new program. It's not a startup. Yeah. Uh, Commissioner Corps. I just have a quick question. You mentioned that your goal was to have 50 garden plots. How many do you have currently? We currently have, we currently have about 25 that are spoken for. Um, there are 70 plots available at that garden, uh, but they're not all going to be available for the residents of Marisol Village because officially it is a city garden, so it needs to be open to all city residents. Um, we just, our goal is to have 50 that are low-income residents. Okay. I was just curious. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Commissioner Ellis. Yes, in your proposal, it talks about collaboration and it says at this time, we plan to co collaborate with some of the following agencies. Um, I think one, it says we grow urban farm. So, yeah, so we grow urban farms is, a, they're the farm stand. So we actually just started on November 8th was their first time setting up. So at the time that this proposal was written, uh, we've moved forward on plans of everything we put into the proposal. 
We're just asking now for funding that will help really expand the program and offer it on a, on a larger scale. Um, so yeah, Regrow Urban, Urban Farms is based out of West Sacramento and Rio Linda. But okay. he will set up on site next to the garden. Okay, I just want to confirm that it's not a planning stage that you are collaborating. Yes, so okay. everything that we put on there that we're collaborating, that we were planning on, the plans are put into place now. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Zamanidin. Yes, um, how much of this uh, funding allocation is going towards the market match program? So I've, I put $5,000 for the market match. Um, th this one is a difficult one because we don't know what the response will be, uh, but we feel confident that we would use actually more than $5,000, but we would cover that with other funding that we get for market match. And then our ask for after the first year of, of Net Gen, next gen who funds most of our market match would be to cover this at its full capacity. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Okay, thank you, Mr. Robustelli. Thank you. Janelle. Janelle, can we have our next presenter, please? We would like to invite a representative of Center for Employment Opportunities to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted by the two panelists by the clerk, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Hello, everyone. Um, my name's Laurel. Um, I'm coming from the Center for Employment Opportunities. Um, first, I just want to say thank you to all the commissioners for taking the time to review the applications and thoughtfully make these decisions. Um, so I'm a regional development associate from Center for Employment Opportunities, or we use the acronym CEO. Um, here we work with those who have recently returned home from incarceration, primarily with their employment needs. But during this time, we help our participants work through any barriers they may have to engagement. Um, and something that we're seeing a lot these days are folks that are at an immediate risk of homelessness. Um, and so in addition to helping with their employment obstacles, er, so in addition to presenting employment obstacles, incarceration can also lead someone to being discriminated against in housing. And it can be really, really difficult to find a steady place to live. Um, so we're excited to see that this fund wanted to prioritize housing this year. Um, we're seeing firsthand the prolific impact of homelessness in the community. Um, so we're proposing to use funds to establish an emergency housing fund at our site. Um, our program staff would work with participants that we see are at an immediate risk and try to find a place to put them up for, um, you know, one night, two nights, three nights until they're able to um, get either like connected with a shelter or find a more permanent solution. And our hope is that like through helping them through this critical juncture of, um, you know, it's Friday and I don't have anywhere to sleep tonight that will be able to uplift them out of poverty and be less likely to uh, rescind and um, yeah, just overall avoid uh, long-term homelessness. Um, so thank you again, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Uh, thank you so much. Commissioner Smith, please. 
Thank you for your presentation. Um, so there, there is no, there aren't services that go with the, the money. It's just, here's some money. We're going to put you in a hotel for a few days. That's the way I read it, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so um, our participants work with a staff member kind of ongoing um, to help like with reach their goals and also help address any barriers. So the money directly would be paid or used to pay for the hotel, but we would still be providing the service of helping them find a more long-term solution. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez. Um, uh, my other question is, um, have you worked with Travelers Aid for motel vouchers? No, um, we have not. Okay. Because um, you see you're collaborating with nine other organizations, but you're specifically asking this commissioner to fund only for um, temporary housing of three to four nights. So what experience do you have in seeking motel um, that will allow your clients to to there. Um, we haven't really had funds to really pursue this before, but our staff is really practiced in finding community solutions for um, our participants. So I'd say that that would kind of transfer over to help with this project. Because that's what Carver does. Okay. So, that, so you should be connecting, you know, well, I recommend you, you communicate with them and collaborate with them because that's what they're their funding is for. Okay, that's really helpful. Thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you. And I had a quick question. I just want to clarify, um, you'd be serving 36 clients with these funds? Yeah, that's an estimate um, kind of based off of the amount of funding we would receive. Um, and so I think that we kind of did the math by breaking it down um, monthly and how much we estimate a stay at a hotel would be. So um, that's kind of how we got to the number of 36. Thank you. Thank you. Um, any other questions from commissioners? Okay, thank you for your presentation. Thanks. Janelle? We would like to invite a representative of Community Against Sexual Harm to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist by clerk, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much, um, commissioners, for, for um, taking the time of your day to listen to this. Um, my name is Christy Kiefer. I am the Comprehensive Services Manager for Community Against Sexual Harm. We work with women who have experienced commercial sexual exploitation. Um, we are requesting funding for food for our center for women participants, which includes drop-in clients, and housed women and children who we provide wraparound services to each month. All of the women we serve are extremely low income and food insecure. With current food prices rising, the need continues to expand. 
we maximize our food budget by partnering with the community and using bulk items. This year, we are also asking for funding to support our housing outreach specialist. We are able to complete the intake process for city and county shelter systems, rapid rehousing programs, and assist with problem solving to divert homelessness. We do this work from our center where we meet basic needs while housing is secured. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to listen to this. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do we have any questions? Commissioner Ellis. And I'm sorry, Commissioner Ellis, we can't hear you. I'm sorry. Um, I just want you to expand more on your collaboration and your um, proposal. You say you have built a network of partnerships with other organizations and agencies, but you don't list any. So can you give me an idea of some of your partnerships? I mean, you did mention Sacramento Food Bank, what helps with your supplementing of the food, but I don't see the partnerships. So um, partnerships, um, so we have multiple programs here. So for food, for our drop-in um, um, food and diaper program, we, we do partner with the uh, Sacramento Food Bank. Mm -hmm. um, for the bulk food, we um, utilize, um, we go to Sam's Club to help with costs for that. For other partnerships in the community, um, we uh, not based on food, um, we partner with City of Refuge, um, Freedom Through Education, um, uh, Three Strands Global, uh, My Sister's House, uh, and uh, Mercy Family Health Center for okay. medical care. Yeah, I have an idea now that you mentioned that, but I think it'd be very helpful moving forward when you submit your proposals, just list some of the, the partnerships. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That's a very helpful suggestion. Thank you, Commissioner. Do we have any other um, questions? Okay, thank you, Ms. Kiefer. Janelle, who do we have up next? We would like to invite a representative of First Step Housing, DBA First Step Communities to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelists by the clerk, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good morning. I hope you can hear me well. My name is Joseph Pacheco. I am the Chief Operating Officer for First Step Communities. Uh, First Step Communities is a homeless service provider here in the city of Sacramento. Uh, we operate three shelter programs and one, one outreach and navigation program within the city limits. Our programs include the A Street Shelter, it's a traditional 80-bed adult shelter 
uh, serving 40 men and 40 women. We operate the Grove. It is a transitional aged youth shelter for uh, adults ages 18 to 24 who are experiencing homelessness. The Grove is a 50 bed tiny home shelter located in Del Paso Heights. And we operate the Safe Ground program currently at Miller Park. That is a 100 person safe camping and safe parking program where we provide security, safety, showers, meals for all of our clients. And we operate a small river district navigator program where we offer support, navigation, and referrals to people who are experiencing homelessness within the river district. All of our programs offer wraparound case management services to our clients and the people living in our shelter environments. The case managers um, at our facilities, they connect our clients and work collaborate, collaboratively with them um, to connect them to critical services, whether it's government services, healthcare, mental health care, housing resources, employment resources, and uh, getting their income and, and health back on track so that they can work towards ending this cycle of homelessness. Our current grant application, um, we are at all of our shelter environments. We're generally funded for two meals per day. Um, this grant would help supplement some of our food budget to offer additional food resources for our clients. It will also help with program, shelter programming. Your two and minutes housing. is up. Please provide your final comments. Um, well, thank you very much for the opportunity to present to your group. Thank you, Mr. Pacheco. Commissioners, do we have any questions? Commissioner Zamanuddin. Hi there. Um, I guess my question is, how realistic is the uh, population served estimate of the 530 individuals or Yes, I believe it's individuals. How, how realistic is that the, uh, you're asking for? I think it's, uh, I think it's fairly realistic. Uh, it's a supplement to our budget right now. We were hoping to offer nutritious snacks. Um, we have, um, you know, there's one unfunded meal per day. Um, breakfast cereals and breakfast foods are relatively inexpensive. Um, the dollars do stretch quite a ways. Um, we, we shop at you know, inexpensive and places where our dollar stretches a little bit longer. Um, also for shelter and housing, you know, we wanna offer people warmth um, and, and dignity where we're gonna supplement our shower supplies with maybe provide extra blankets when they're available, when, when things, we would just help replace items as they, you know, age out or their usefulness has expired. So I, I really think it, it is realistic that we will touch the vast majority of the people who live and, and reside in our shelter environments. That's great, thank you. Commissioner yep. Smith. I had a question. It, in my reading of your application, it looks like about $5,000 is for food and about $7,000, and these are round numbers, are for 
supplies, and I, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, shower supplies, blankets, that type of thing? Absolutely. Um, we, we are asking for money for, really it's to supplement our supply budgets so that we can maintain sanitation, cleanliness, um, provide people a, a clean environment for them to be in. Um, we are funded for some of these, but with, you know, recently with price increases that we're all experiencing, we, it's something that we feel we need to supplement. And um, some of that would also go towards, like I said, so, some blankets. Uh, we put some transportation money in there as well. And those transportation budgets would be, that money would be limited to getting our clients to critical health appointments, mental health appointments, and getting them to uh, services offices where they can connect to services. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, do we have any other questions? Thank you, Mr. Pacheco. Thank you very much. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Food Literacy Center to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist by the clerk, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hello, thanks so much for having me. I am the founder and CEO of Food Literacy Center, where our mission is to inspire kids to eat their vegetables. And this is really important because in the Sacramento area, we have a 40% childhood obesity rate and kids now have adult diseases like hypertension and even stroke. So it is critical that we reach them at a very young age and help them to fall in love with vegetables so that they can prevent these diet-related diseases before they start in the first place. The kids who are most at risk for these diet-related diseases are also the kids who are food and nutrition insecure. And during the pandemic, we saw rates of food and nutrition insecurity triple, particularly in households with kids. So our solution is to go into Title I elementary schools where we teach hands-on cooking and nutrition programs to these kids, and we help them fall in love with fruits and vegetables. And we have a 70% success rate of kids going home and requesting these vegetables from their parents. And we know that 94% of our kids tell us that healthy food tastes good. We are changing their attitudes towards fruits and vegetables, and we are having great success in getting them to fall in love with healthy eating and protect their health. We're requesting the support of this commission to help us expand the number of kids that we are reaching. There are so many who are in need and more funding allows us to go into more schools. Thanks so much. Look forward to your questions. Thank you, Amber. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Commissioner Yanez. I'm sorry, Commissioner Yanez, we can't hear you. Oh, exactly. How much money are you asking for food? For food, I believe we have a little over $5,000 in the budget. Now, this is just an addition because I, I don't you guys have any um, school garden that can do the vegetables? Because uh, I used to be Title I District Advisory Chair. 
And, and you know, I wish it worked that way, but we do have to um, purchase the food. Uh, sometimes we go to the food bank. We often use the food bank, but yeah, the school gardens don't really produce a, a proper amount for the programming that we that we do. Okay, so you're saying you're going to serve about a hundred students per school, and they get a ten-week curriculum. Yes, I saw that. Um, and and um, supporting six additional schools. And I would actually say that right now the enrollment in after-school programs is much higher than 100. One of our schools has 140. So the average school is 100, but um, the, the enrollment this year is actually quite high, which is a good thing. You say there support six additional schools. So um, how many total? We uh, plan to be in 20 schools this year if we can uh, raise the money for it. And is this, um, is this a 10-week course that all the students are going to be taking or just certain students, only Title I students? Hello? Uh, it appears we may have lost her. Yeah, I think we did. Can we get her back? Yeah, Alexis, any chance we could get her back? There she is. Welcome back, Amber. Amber, my, my question was, um, you're supporting six additional schools. How many are there total? You said 20 schools you expect, and how many students is under, are, are those students, Title I, all of them are gonna be doing the 10-week course, or is it all the students? It is the after-school students and in the Title I elementary schools, and the average school is 100 plus students. Okay. That's what I mean. And so every after-school student participates in our program. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Hey, any other commissioner questions? I don't. I don't have a question. I have. I have a comment. Um, you actually ask for a lot more money than a lot of the other organizations, and that that is playing into how I'm thinking about your application. So I just want you to consider next year when you're applying to um, try to keep it in the range with the others. We may be actually putting a cap on it this year because of that. I just wanted to put that thought out. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's interesting because every uh, grant funder is a little bit different. Uh, many funders say, you know, ask for the moon and stars and we're happy to, if we have the budget, give it, give it that level, but sometimes you might get 5,000 bucks. So we, we typically tend to take that approach. Okay, thank, thank you for your, your uh, transparency. Do we have any other comments? Okay, thank you, Amber. Janelle, who thank do we have much. next? We would like to invite a representative of Freedom Through Education to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted uh, to panelists, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Mr. Lodan, we can't hear you. You're on mute. Uh, got me now? 
Yes, thank you. Speed up. Uh, Johnny Lujan, CEO of Freedom Through Education. Uh, we provide holistic services for men, women, youth, and families who are facing homelessness. With the use of this grant, funding will be able to continue providing services to those who are previously incarcerated, uh, uh, experiencing undomiciled situations, and those that are coming to us directly from many of the prisons throughout California. Uh, we also have safe houses for survivors of uh, human trafficking uh, on our female side. Uh, through the use of these funds, we'll be allowed to continue providing services for this population in housing, job placement, uh, therapeutic services, programming, and additional services that we provide each and every uh, client that we have. With the use of the funds, we're able to continue our angel bed program, uh, assisting a possibility of 80 or more clients with otherwise could not obtain their own funding uh, and maybe get uh, become homeless uh, without having the proper funds. Um, our goal is individualized prosperity for those who are facing homelessness. With criminal justice involvement, with these types of grants, we continue providing the services at little to no cost with their needs. Uh, we partner with a lot of individuals and, and organizations throughout Sacramento, uh, Project Rebound at Sac State, Anti-Recidivism Coalition, Community Against Sexual Harm. Uh, we also provide uh, housing for many organizations throughout Sacramento, um, Volunteers of America, the VOA, uh, West Care, California, uh, CASH, Community Against Sexual Harm. Uh, so we provide housing for a lot of organizations that are on this call. So that's what we do. And uh, with this grant, we would hopefully uh, continue our services. Thank you very much. Thank you. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Commissioner Ellis. Uh, yes, in your proposal, you stated that purchasing of a housing facility. Yes. Can you talk more about that? I mean, your request was what six thousand dollars. Yeah, I think the I think in that proposal, I think that was just part of uh, what we do as an organization. We currently have seven properties that we house up to seventy-five to eighty individuals, um, and it's just part of our overall goal to grow. Uh, not using these funds for purchasing houses, but uh, to actually house the individuals coming to us from incarceration. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. And Commissioner Yanez. Yeah, um, you you mentioned, uh, I, I don't see, what other resources you have? Do you have as any other resources? As far as funding? Yes. Uh, California Department of Corrections, GEO, uh, uh, Native American Foundation. So we partner with a lot of organizations throughout the state of California uh, that helps us house these uh, uh, justice-involved individuals coming from prison. And then through other grants and um, partners of grants, uh, we house those individuals too. Okay, so have you worked with, uh, I don't hear the word travelers' if you're looking for temporary housing and vouchers, no, I, working with them? No, as a matter of fact, I've never heard of them. Mm, okay. So, that's a great. That's a great resource for sure. I would. Yeah. I would communicate with them. Um, but I was. I was highlighting here. You said buying housing, I, I and then I. I go well. That we don't do that. Yeah, we're not buying houses. So I. I would recommend in your next future um, application, don't do that because I. I marked you as X when you oh, say sure. buying housing. 
because it's really you're providing house temporary housing, right? Yes, ma'am. And I think that's what you need to emphasize okay. for your application because when I start buying houses, oops, zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I understand. So you got to tell us what you're using that are or the funding for, and if you're using, then you say you have 150 people, you're going to be temporary housing. And yes, that's what we do currently. Okay, but not with our funding. That's no, what currently. So, what do you expect to add with our um, six thousand? Um, angel bedding. So, up to eighty individuals. So our angel bed is a program where uh, somebody might get out of prison and they don't have the proper funding, or they can't uh, um, apply for the proper funding. And instead of having them go homeless and having uh, uh, maybe a, a recidivism, recidivism going on in their head, right. criminal behavior, right. we angel bed them for a period of time to help them. Uh, uh, get their own funding so we can continue their services. Okay, and we'll, I, we'll angel bed them up to one to two months. Okay, Did, I don't, I don't remember, I don't recall reading that. So I would recommend you add that in your application as well. And because I and didn't hear angel bedding and eighty people it will be additionally added if you get the six thousand dollars from this funding. That yes, would help. Okay. Okay. And I, I had a question, AOD counseling, what does that mean? Uh, alcohol and other drug counseling. So we are a Department of Healthcare Services uh, certified clinic. So as we angel bed them, they are able to come to our AOD services in our clinic, which is uh, state certified. And we give them uh, additional alcohol and drug counseling, mental services, things like that to help them uh, not recidivate. Okay, so my, my other suggestion is, if you're using an acronym, please identify it. Okay. I didn't know what that was, and so I had myself highlighted. What is AOD counseling? All right. That's all my questions. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Zabanudin. Yes. Um, could you explain angel bedding? I mean, is that just another lingo for, for temporary housing and some sort of facility? or? Um, yeah. So we have, uh, again, we have... Uh, approximately 80 to 90 uh, beds available most of them coming from uh, incarceration most of them uh, again if a guy comes out and we know he's uh, he spent 30 years in prison and uh, the CDCR is going to release him to our streets we would rather angel bed him knowing that he's going to be funded shortly maybe one to two months so we basically cover that cost to get him off the street uh, into a into a home that he can have an angel bed. So basically it's a free bed for him until we can help him establish funding to fund him for the next six to six to 12 months. What sort of facility is that? Is that one of the facilities that you own uh, or is it a hotel or? No, we, uh, we, we lease a 36 uh, bed apartment complex in South Sacramento. We also have six other properties in South Sacramento duplex and a couple of residential houses that we, um, yeah, we have live-in house managers that care for those homes, and then we have guys that come and can be with us from six to twelve months in those beds, see. with programming, of course. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. Thank you, Commissioner Alnott. Right, and um, could you explain how you connect with your um, the people that you're helping? Yeah, sure. They um, usually apply to our program from prison. And so before they go to the board of parole hearings, they have to have a 
basically an address to get out. Uh, they are, our houses are approved with the CDCR and then they apply, we accept them and they come right from the gate of prison to our location. And then uh, once they get into our location, there's a, a, a many <laughs> CDCR acronyms that we use to get them uh, on the right track. And then we provide them with housing and food and job placement services. And once they're with us six to 12 months, uh, we can get them employed, uh, driver's license again, paying taxes and being good citizens again. So you will stay with them for six to 12 months is what I hear? Yes, ma'am. Um, following, okay. Uh -huh. And do you, one more, sorry. Um, do you, I hear you do, you work with the prison. Do you work with the jails as well, or is it just the prison system? No, the jails as well. We have some uh, uh, relationships with probation. Uh, as we know, there's a lot of uh, the DJJ, uh, Department of Juvenile Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Department of Juvenile Justice is going to end a lot of services coming June 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's going to be a plethora of youth uh, being released. And uh, right now they're calling us kind of frantic to find additional housing, maybe open some of our beds to the Department of Juvenile Justice because uh, they have nowhere for those young people to go either. So youth is, you know, 14 to 25 year olds that are gonna be out there. So that's what we do too. So Department of Juvenile Justice, Anti-Recidivism Coalition, um, Veterans of America, there's a lot of individuals that were, are on parole that are homeless right now and we could help them get services through the state, through parole or probation that could actually come into our program and we could help them um, get back on the right track with housing because without housing, most of the time they are gonna recidivate or go back to prison. So we provide that service for our, uh, for our state and our county. Thank you. You're welcome. And then I, I had a, a question it sounds like not only is there a huge need right now that you're going to have a wave of need next year um, and according to the documents that you submitted you all are working in the red so is there um, something in place for you to become more financially stable yeah that was, that was a uh, a financial statement as we move through our program uh, we are in the black currently so we could send more statements if you'd like. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, we have a we have our uh, our audits that happen every every quarter. We have our financial bank that does that helps with our audits. Um, yeah, we've been around since 2015. We're doing very well. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Ellis. Um, yes, uh, just a suggestion. When uh -huh. you describe the evaluation of your program methods, okay. um, it's not quite clear. You say that you use an, um, a variety of methods, but you don't really say what they are. So can you tell us a little bit about the type of methods that you do use to evaluate? Evaluate our program? Right. Yes, ma'am. So through the state of California, there is a assessments that are done in our program. So there, again, there's acronyms that we have to report to the state of California on every individual that comes into our program with uh, coming into our program, completing our program, recidivate, recidivism rates. So once they come to our program, we have to submit those paperwork to the state of California. So there is evaluations that way because the state of California 
uh, has to evaluate our program. There's also a program called Stop One, which is funded by West Care of California. Uh, and West Care is another um, California Department of Corrections um, party, I guess you would say, that also gets funding. They also audit our 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 people because our people are funded by the state of California. I don't know if that makes sense. It's there's it's uh we have to report to the state of California. So they have their own audits that they do on mm -hmm. programs like my community-based providers. And that's how we get evaluated by the state. So the funds that you requesting, is that the evaluation process that you will be using? Um for our funds, well, our grant management will evaluate those funds, will audit those funds of where those funds will go. Is that what you're trying to say? No. Are you looking at the individual? Like, like we have a guy that comes out of prison and he's with us 12 months. Who evaluates that guy on completion? No, I guess my question is, you're requesting the funds for this um, angel program that you mentioned? Angel betting, yes, ma'am. Angel betting, okay. And we want to know how angel betting is going to be evaluated. Oh. So it's not really stated in your proposal on how that's going to be evaluated. Uh, that's evaluated on a, uh, when a gentleman comes to us from prison, we will evaluate his potential of getting funding. They will come into our bed and we will have a um, kind of a process where basically his, his name and his CDC number will angel bed him in a bed and we'll calculate how long he's in that bed. I would say one to two months. And then from that, he will go into our fully funded program unfunded. And then we'll be able to evaluate from the day he gets there, how long could we angel bed him for? And then once we get him funding, we can track him for the next six to 12 months through our regular program into job placement. And we can show that by uh, name, uh, CDC number, length of stay, uh, what his uh, what his programming was, because we'll actually give them free programming. As long as they come in and we can bed them uh, and they're stable, then we will give them all the things that somebody that gets fully funded will get. A, uh, alcohol and other drug services, job placement services, food and shelter. And then as they fully fund, then we can move them. And sometimes they just stay in the same bed. It's just really just an acronym for there's a safe bed. We're going to put you in there and we're going to help you continue your journey. Then we help them get fully funded. Once they get fully funded, then we just keep them in the same place. And then we'll be able to get funded by the state of California to kind of keep them through their services. Okay. So in terms of time, thank you for your response. Um, I think I, I, I hope I'm not misspeaking, but I think basically what Commissioner Ellis is saying is in next year's application, we're asking you how we will know that your program is successful. That's what the evaluation is looking at. So that's what we're hoping you can help us with. Okay, perfect. Okay, Commissioner Zamanudin. Thank you. Thank you. Yusuf, we can't hear you. Sorry, thanks. Uh, yeah, could you could you elaborate on what sort of services you have that would uh, sort of complement the angel bedding or just your program in general to 
I use a technical term on this, I can't remember, but to essentially have the individual not go back into the system, like any kind of support services or mental health or. Um, yeah, sir. So we, most of our gentlemen that come to us uh, have severe PTSD from being incarcerated for many, many years. So the moment they come, we give them assessments of where they're at. We look at every person as an individual, not a group program. So each guy will sit down, we'll do a, an assessment with their uh, a really relapse prevention assessment. We'll give them a re recidivation uh, assessment, mental illness assessment. So we'll assess every part of their life and then we'll create a program for what their number one need is. Most of them come and they, they wanna get work. Uh, so we give them through job placement, basic computer skills. After 30 years of incarceration, they don't know how to use a phone or a computer, which is basic nowadays to get a job. So we walk them through that. We'll give them uh, two groups every week with uh, uh, activities of family reunification, criminal thinking, things like that. And we'll also give them uh, every week, they'll have a one-on-one -on -one with a case manager for an hour, uh, setting goals and visions and how do we get them back into our community uh, and not become a stat a homeless stat in the future. Okay. okay, thank you. We're running out of time. Okay. Thank, thank you. you so much. Sorry about the time. Okay. Do we have any other brief commissioner questions or comments? Okay, thank you. Janelle. Thank you. As a note to the commission on timing, we have 29 more presentations to go through as well as the deliberation on allocations. Uh, so just want to note that as well as the speaking time uh, to keep the question time to a fair standard uh, to ensure equitability across all of the applicants. We would like to invite a representative of Love is the Answer Mission Ministries to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Madam Vice President, could I request a seven minute break? Um, right now? Uh, yeah. Either so, now or after this one, whichever you choose. About after this one for five minutes. <laughs> that work? All right. Okay. Thank you. After this presentation, we'll have a five minute bio break. Thank you, everybody. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah, hello. Okay, do you want me to put on my video? Okay, here am I. Love is the Answer Mission Ministries is an organization. Um, first of all, my name is Carol Herbert. I am the CEO and founder of um, Love is the Answer Mission Ministries. We, are exist, we exist to, take, um, to help those in need. So all we do is help in those in need. 
Love is the Answer Mission Ministry's objective is to help those in need locally. It is aligned with the goal of the annual funding priorities to assist destitute men, women, and children of the city of Sacramento because we help them by providing their basic needs. Some of the things that we, we do to help is we provide presentation on live streaming on media on topics that our viewers may need, such as loss of loved ones, loss of jobs, or any presentation that is necessary as we see the need arises. We also um, provide Thanksgiving baskets. We usually do 100 Thanksgiving baskets, 100, um, 100 for Angel Tree Christmas, where we have 100 children, um, the first come, first serve. So the first 100 children that we get, then we provide gifts for them. As well as the Thanksgiving basket, we do the same thing. The first 100 clients that call for the food basket, we provide them with the food. I do not see my timing. You have less than one minute. Okay, so um, as people call for needs, we try to provide them with those needs. If they call for a stroller for their um, daughter, we provide that. If they call for clothing, we provide that. So we get different calls throughout the year of different things that people need. And also we do food distribution. We partner with um, Pastor Jerry for diapers, for those who are in need of diapers for their babies. We volunteer with Hands-On hands Sacramento for volunteers. When we do need to um, have volunteers, that's how we recruit our volunteers. And we also send the flyers to 211 so clients can see and receive the need that they so need. Your we two minutes are up. Please provide your final comment. Okay. So we provide housing and food is our main goal for this year. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, do we have any questions? Commissioner Yanez. What, what is PPE you have there? Is that the protection for COVID? On the application? Say that again? You have the word PPE. That's um like hand sanitizers and so on for COVID. Okay, it's for COVID. Yeah. But that's a health issue. Okay. Then you said you have intake questionnaires, but what database are you holding this information? You didn't give me any like statistics. The database? Yeah, do you, you say you, your evaluation says you do intake questionnaires, but do you keep this in a data? Like, how do you know it's repeat customers? How do you know there are many members in the family? That kind of thing. Oh, okay, I am the type that filed by folders. So I would file those intake sheets into a folder. Okay. I do not um, hold them on the computer. What is your definition of 10 households? 10 families. So if 10 families come in need of housing, we try to provide that. 
And um, how do you target the homeless? The home, how do we what? How do you target the homeless? The homeless population is very easy for me because I run the cooling and warming center at Capital City Seventh-day Adventist Church. And some of the homeless needs, we receive it from there as well. I think you need to put that in your application as to how you go identifying the target because it's not there. Okay. I didn't see it. I, didn't see it. You see, I know you're serving for 20 years. Um, I, I, I think you need to uh, identify what you're going to do with the, uh, you said here you want 35000 but you really should, my recommendation is to focus food and shelter, like you said, the first two words were food and shelter, focus how much you're going to spend on food, how much you're going to spend on shelter, and how you're going to purchase the food and supply them. Okay, so we have 20000 for housing, rental, and we have... 5,000 for food and nutrition. Yeah, but you, the average, the average that Ann Lambert, the Henschel offers at the maximum is really like 10,000, 12 at the very most. And you're ask, asking for 35. That is fine. Whatever you give us, we'll be happy with to be able to help those in need. I, I, I'm, what I, my suggestion for you in the future in your application is to narrow down more lower rate, not asking for the moon, but be very specific and narrow on how you're going to use the fund. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Yanez. Commissioner Ellis. I believe my question was already answered, but let me just clarify. You're requesting um, the amount 35,000 for 10 people, for 10 families. And that's for shelter, food, rent, utilities. I just want to make sure what that all encompasses. Mm -hmm. Yes, because okay. it has, um, for the families, we would like to place them in, in their own place. So if, they, if we have a, a home for them, then we will help them with other commodities. And if the grant is or the donations we receive for those specific projects is not enough. We also um, encourage people to donate items as okay. well. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Zamadine. Uh, Commissioner Ellis hit the nail on the head. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Okay. So I uh, thank you for your, your presentation, Ms. Herbert. And we are now going to take a break um, and we will be returning at 11.26. So thank you. And I'll see you guys at 11.26. Promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Thank you.
<clears throat> okay, Janelle, it appears we have a quorum. So if you want to ask Ms. Revia to begin. Will the Meals on Wheels representative uh, please begin their presentation? You will have two minutes to address the commission. Okay, good morning. Uh, this, I'm Linda Revilla. I'm the Director of Strategic Initiatives at Meals on Wheels. Um, since 2010, we've been addressing food insecurity issues in our community by providing home-delivered meals for frail and homebound seniors, and then by providing hot lunches at congregate nutrition sites located in churches, community centers, senior centers all around the county. Um, we we are, like to thank the Ann Land and Bertha Henschel Commission for funding us these past couple of years for our produce program. And in this program, we buy fresh produce from farmers and distribute it to, six, to seniors at six of our congregate locations. Um, located in the city. So since we are delinquent, I'd like to tell you what happened before you ask me any questions. We filed our renewal with the Attorney General's office on May 18th, 2022. It was rejected. Sorry, dogs. It was rejected. I believe it was because they needed... Sorry, perfect timing. I believe it was because we needed to amend our audit. Our audit was amended and filed again with the Attorney General's office on October 14th. So I realize things have happened and um, that's our story. And I appreciate the, the discussion around uh, the, what's happened at the Attorney General's office. That's my presentation. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do you have a question? Yes, just um, I, I had put a note in um, my review that you had submitted the forms to the DOJ back in May. Um, so it, it appears that you've made a good faith attempt, but we will uh, continue to address this amongst the commissioners. Does anyone else have a question? Okay, thank you so much. Janelle, next presenter. We would like to invite a representative of my sister's house to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelists, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good morning, everyone. I hope you can hear me. Thank you to all the commissioners who are allowing us to present our organization. Uh, my sister's house has been around for 21 years. We were initially established to provide culturally responsive services for um, survivors um, after three incidents um, resulted in three murders in the API population 21 years ago. We continue to do this work, but we serve um, API in general and then any other underserved women. For this grant in particular, we are requesting for funding to support the food and shelter for our emergency housing. Um, currently, we serve about 30 to 50 a year. The number is lower um, subsequently following COVID when we have had to keep our survivors there a little longer than usual. 
And while they are in our shelters, they are provided with access to all of our programs and services that we offer, including counseling, legal, um, search for long-term housing, as well as employment services and workforce development at um, uh, our social enterprises, which includes My Sister's Health Treasures and My Sister's Health Cafe. Um, and I think that is it. So I'm up for questions if anyone has any. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do we have any questions? Commissioner Smith. I inadvertently raised my hand. I apologize. Um, I just I had a quick question. Um, the auditor had uh, listed some concerns regard as material weaknesses in your audit. Um, I was just wondering if your organization has had a chance to address some of those issues that were identified by the auditors. We are. We started um, utilizing Expensify for any and all of our receipts. And so um, we've also had some transitions over the last two years itself, which has um, caused some issues in trying to find all of the supporting documents. Thank you. Mr. Yanez. You're, on you're muted. Thank you for letting me know. Um, the auditor found, had three findings on this. So the correction has been done for the, oh, I guess it was the California Office of Emergency Services grant, improper tracking of the CETA funds. Yes, for that one, it was, we had a new staff who was entering in her time incorrectly on the incorrect funding line. Okay. Now, if you say you're going to be serving 50 people and I, I know the house doesn't fit 50 people. So, right. So how are you serving 50? So we have four shelters total. Our transitional shelter, we rotate anywhere from usually 30 to 50 in and out per year. So, okay. Um, and then we have six beds in each shelter. And sometimes if it's a, if it's a mom and child, then we'll let them stay in there. Okay. Okay, Commissioner Corbs. Really quick, and I just wrote down some notes here to myself, and uh, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. The money wasn't going to be used for security. I don't know why I wrote that, but it's going to be used for food and nutrition. Is that correct? Food and nutrition only because when we have the clients who are coming in from all these various backgrounds, they're going to have certain food preferences or require that certain foods are well. So in an effort to be culturally responsive, we're using it to support the food needs. Okay. I just, I don't know why I had on my little notes, security question mark. And, and thank you for that. And I love that you provide, um, you know, ethnic food that is suitable for, for the, for the people that you are supporting. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Hey, thank you, Ms. Long. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of National Academic Youth Corps, Inc., DBA Sojourner Truth African Heritage Museum to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelists, you will have two minutes to address the commission and please stay available for questions.
Nell and or Alexis, do we have a representative from Sojourner Truth? I believe we have someone being promoted to panelist. Thank you. Yes, I'm here with the National Academic Youth Corps. Uh, my name is Alpha Bhutan. I'm the research and development consultant for the museum. Thank you. Can you uh, turn on your video? And there we go. Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying Welcome. to figure out everything here. So um, the National Academic Youth Corps doing business as the Journal Truth African Heritage Museum has been actively involved in serving youth and families in the South Sacramento area since 1996. The Sojourner Truth African Heritage Museum received museum status in 2008. Um, some of the work that we do um, is around social, um, and the reason why we're asking for funding for food and nutrition is because a lot of the work that uh, we do at the museum is based on food as a social construct. Um, and um, a lot of the members of the museum come from various backgrounds as listed in the application that have worked with, um, you know, some of the homeless populations and some of the juvenile um, program um, uh, that we're offering services to. Um, we developed numerous creative arts programs under the Sojourner Truth African Heritage Museum. Um, its purpose was to enable youth from culturally diverse backgrounds to stretch their minds and imaginations and provide a safe environment that stimulates creativity, promotes healthy lifestyles, and develops social skills. Um, and after obtaining our not-for-profit status, we have offered scores of free and low-cost programs, workshops, and activities on-site and in the community. The museum and uh, is housed in a business development on Tamashanter and uh, Florin Road and 24th, where there is a high rate of, you know, uh, homelessness that, that is in that area and in that corridor. What we're proposing here is that over the years, the museum has established relationships with schools in South Sacramento and Meadowview, which are 50% Title I and Title X. And our work plan is to increase access to opportunities and resources for academic achievement, artistic development, leadership training, and overall positive health and well-being of families um, and youth services. Okay, and your, your presentation time is up. Thank Great. you. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Commissioner Yanis. I have plenty of questions um, <laughs> because you're talking about expanding the kids' mind, but where where do you give them the food? Is this like an after program? After the program, you, you serve them little snacks after the meeting? No, no. For example, um, during uh, we're going to go back to COVID when we received funds from Sierra North Health Foundation. It was about providing uh, dinners for families that were coming to our pop ups on uh, you know twice a month, and then we have the programs. Um, that serve seniors, where some of the youth were taking some of the uh, dinners over to the senior um, housing um, during those times. Um, we use, again, food as a social construct. So when people come to the museum, we're able to um, kind of get a little deeper with them. Some of them are our clients. Um, some of the grants that we've been getting to the museum, they're, um, you know, they're about community engagement. 
and they're about outreach and they're about bringing families and people together. But we also have some fundings that are coming through the state that are working with, um, you know, um, youth that are recently incarcerated and on probation. And a lot of times they're coming there. And we're also in this proposal asking for brown bag lunches. So when they're coming to the workshops and when they're coming to the workforce development part of what we do, they're able to, you know, get the bag lunches. And, um, okay. you know, so they're not about snacks. It's about nutrition. All right. Yeah, but what collaboration are you working with? What, what community-based organizations are you working with that they can provide you these lunches, you know? Um, what churches are you working with? Well, we started working with Boss Church, which is across um, um, Thorn Road on 24th. And um, just recently in August, we did a wellness fair uh, with, in conjunction with um, Escape Velocity and Boss Church, um, where we provided meals for, you know, the people that were coming to the wellness fair. Because you have a South Sacramento Christian Center that specifically targets that market in that neighborhood. Did you know that? Yeah, we have that. I'm a consultant working for the, the museum, so we have those services. But we also, I listed a lot of other services that are there that um, are not providing those services. But we also say that we have wraparound services where we can refer our volunteers and refer our uh, target audience to these places. We even have a food pantry that's part of the uh, Florin Road business um, complex. Because mm -hmm. yes, you yeah. also have the Mac Image um, organization there as well. But here's here's my 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 interpretation. Organization experience and capacity. You didn't mention how you handle food because that's what you're asking for: twelve thousand dollars for food. And, and you're talking about experiences of the museum, but I don't care about the museum. I care about What's your experience in handling the food and pantry? You didn't address that um, experience or organization capacity or the financial capacity. Like, how do you handle your budget for your food? Um, you, you, you're addressing, I think, too broad and not specifically how you're handling the food and how you how are you addressing your target homelessness? How, uh, you know, you just mentioned you had a pantry. You never mentioned that in your... No, house. I didn't say I had a pantry. This the Sojourner Truth um, and National Academic Youth Corps doing business at Sojourner Truth um, African Heritage Museum is located in a business um, complex. And within that complex, you know, um, there is a service where they have a pantry. They okay. have literary services. They have like okay. 75 other organizations and businesses and CBOs that are that are there. Um, I'm not clear um, how you, how I'm not clear how many people you're serving. I don't know how you're evaluating on the food. It doesn't exist at all in your application. They're asking for $22,000 yeah. for 200 people, which breaks down to $10, no, $110 per person, which um, I think they probably need to clarify. I don't think that's probably accurate. But in, um, in, in because of time constraints, um, if, if all the commissioners can uh, contain their comments and questions to things that will apply to the scores that they'll be making, I know that we all want to help these organizations with feedback, but I think because of time at this point, we have to limit ourselves to questions on things that will impact our scores. Thank you. 
Commissioner well, Young, I will, one, one last question. Can I um, adjust um, um, her question and concern? Yes. Here it says, how many clients will be served with the funds? And I put here um, $7,625 has been spent through August 30th, 2022 on food as a social construct. 100% of the funds will be spent on the grant, uh, allowing children and families to have access to snacks, brown bag, grab and go food items and hot meals. Um, to date, we have served 1,200 clients because each pop-up or event that we do, we um, the caterer that's a licensed caterer has 200 meals that are prepared for our clients. And our clients are pulled from our programs and we have some new programs that are federally and state funded, um, but they don't have food as a, a, a line item for our constituents and also people that are coming to our programs. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Ellis. I can't hear. I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm looking at where your financials are, and I just have a question. It says no audit was performed by your organization. Right. Required by California law. Can you just tell me why? Well, right now, as a matter of fact, Shona uh, McDaniel's executive director is working with our um, um, our business office um, contractor on getting an audit because she needs to turn that audit in with the charitable um application which she has an extension on and just because of this application as a consultant i reminded her that she does need to get an audit on her um organization um and so that's being conducted this week and submitted to the state okay thank you she has not had an audit um you know they just started really bringing money in the last three years and transitioning into a full museum okay thank you Commissioner Smith. I just wanted to echo what you just said, Vice President McIntosh, about it's nice to try and help people, but we have an hour and 15 minutes and we've gone through less than a third of the applications we have to go through. So in the interest of time, I really hope we can keep our comments and questions to specific things that you need to be sure you've given them the right score on the score sheet. It's the applicant's responsibility to complete their grant request. And if they have provided incomplete grant request, or if they're not clear, they should be scored based on what they give us, um, not on us spending hours pulling the information out of them. Thank you. Commissioner Zamunuddin. And we cannot hear you. You're on mute. Thank you. Um, can you specify if, if food is more of an incidental of some of the different events or pop-ups or, or the museum services that you have? It doesn't seem like it's the main service, but am I getting that right? It's more of an incidental? Um, well, we look at art, again, as food, as when I keep saying this, as a social construct for people to come and when they attend. Sometimes when they come to after-school programs or summer programs and are reading uh, in resource centers, a lot of times these kids are, are and young adults, are not. they don't have food or nutrition, and we have that, they provide that at the, at the museum. A lot of times the outreach programs and engagement programs, um, the director uses food as a way to, um, you know, for people that are coming through to identify people that need extra help so that we can send them to wraparound services. You know, it's part of 
the way she works at the museum and how she brings people in and, um, you know, we get the, the message out. Okay. Thank you very that much. That we're there. Thank, Thank you. you. Any final questions that will impact your scores, Commissioner? Okay, thank you. All right. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of NorCal Resist to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Again, we'd like to invite a representative of NorCal Resist to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Vice President, it doesn't appear that we have a speaker for this agency. I'll be moving on to the next. Thank you. We would like to invite a representative of Pacific Housing Inc. to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelists, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Trent Eskew. I'm with Pacific Housing Inc. Um, would like to thank the commission for the opportunity to apply for these grant funds. And uh, thank you for allowing us to present today. Uh, PHI, Pacific Housing, is a nonprofit affordable housing organization located in Sacramento, California, with the mission to advocate and promote the development of quality affordable housing, affordable housing programs, and quality residence services. Uh, we partner with multifamily developers to apply for affordable tax credit and or bond financing to build projects. Um, and part of the affordability, affordability requirements of these projects are resident service programs. And uh, we are contracted then by the partnership to fulfill those uh, requirements directly on site. Um, these programs have um, budgets with a limited scope, but we encourage our service providers to be creative if they see any needs for additional services, uh, which is where we got the idea for the expanded food program at Pension K. Uh, Pension K Apartments is 129 a uh, single room occupancy apartment complex on the corner of 17th and K in downtown Sacramento. Uh, we're currently contracted to provide 14 hours a week of residence services, which include um, education, enrichment programs, support meetings. Um, and we also partner with River City Food Bank to distribute free 
uh, non-perishable food. Um, and this proposal would, wishes to expand that food program to fresh food, um, looking to deliver uh, three boxes a month of fresh produce for uh, residents who have little or no access to fresh food in the downtown Sacramento area. Um, once again, uh, thank you for the opportunity and let me know if you have any other questions. Thank you, Ms. Eskew. Commissioner Corbs. Thank you, uh, Mr. Eskew. Really quick question. I was looking at, so it's costing you $125 per box for the fresh food from Farm Fresh to you? Correct. And how many boxes did you say that you're getting? Uh, we're looking to do three deliveries a month. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here, like, I think that's quite expensive. Is that not? I mean, have you done comparison to like just getting fresh fruit and vegetables from Rayleigh's or Safeway or something? Or um, we looked at a few di different um, options, but delivery seemed to be the best to work, kind of with the hours that our our service provider is there. Um, that could have been an option to look somewhere else, uh or we're open to. Uh, less boxes, but it's just. Well, I'm just. I was just thinking out loud. Like I know that Farm Fresh to you, right? Like I used to get that. It's expensive, and I just yeah. prefer to get somewhere else. But um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I get that. So I was just trying to clarify if if I assume that hopefully Farm Fresh to you, you're telling them what you're using the food for, and you're getting some type of discount from them. Hopefully, uh, we tried to. It, it didn't seem like it was on the table at, at the time. Huh. Okay. We, we haven't, we don't have a contract with them yet or anything. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any, any follow-up questions? I just want to clarify, you're only asking for $5,000, right? Correct. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your reasonable request. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Karen, did, do you have another question? No. Okay. Thank you. And Janelle, next presenter. Thank you. We would like to invite a representative of Reimagine Macroed Foundation to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Good morning. It's still morning, right? Um, my name is Marilyn Mann. I represent the Reimagine Macroed Foundation in South Sacramento. Thank you to the commission for the opportunity to present today. Um, Reimagine Macroed Foundation operates a small community center in the heart of South Sacramento, really on the corner of Macroed and Center Parkway. We serve um, low income, uh, socially, economically disadvantaged youth and their families in our uh, after school programs and non school hour programs. Um, the need we were asking for support and filling is to continue the work to battle um, hunger. We have youth who come into our center after school on the weekends, and the ability to provide food is very important and vital. Um, we have kids that come in to do homework um, with food deficits at home. They may have not gotten the full nutrition value that they needed for the day. So just being able to do Things like homework requires protein in your system and balanced blood sugar. 
Um, and if we're able to do that by offering healthy snacks, meals throughout the week, um, we really work hard to make sure that our kids are well fed. Um, the money we're asking for will serve um, primarily 200 students, um, which equates to a $48 investment over the year in each child. Um, and they come daily for food, Monday through Saturday. And um, we're just excited to be at the table today and appreciate the consideration of our application. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Commissioners, does anyone have a question? Okay, very clear application. We, we appreciate that. Thank you so Thank much. You very much. Now, next presenter. We would like to invite a representative of Repairing the Breach Neighborhood Project to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Good morning. My name is Mae McNeil. I am the project manager and CFO for Repairing the Breach Neighborhood Project. We are a small grassroots organization located in the downtown area of Sacramento. And uh, we have been in business doing our food pantry for the past 10 years. We celebrated 10 years this year. Out of those 10 years, thanks to Ann Land Bertha Henschel Fund, uh, we have received financial support from you guys for, I think, nine of those years. We really appreciate that. <clears throat> we serve this community for food insecure people, for the homeless plus the working poor. We provide food for approximately 200 to 250 people a week. We're open 50 weeks out of the year. We only closed the last two weeks of the year because we need our volunteers to recoup. <clears throat> we are, are requesting funds to be able to buy additional healthy food products uh, to ensure that our clients have a balanced, a balanced amount of food. We do have collaborations that we, we have with several uh, partners of the Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services. Um, we're part of the Grocers Feed the Hungry program where we received food from uh, several grocery stores. Um, we have a partnership with a U.S. Cold Storage at McClellan Air Force Base where they have customers that donate some foods to us as well. And we also have um, a par partnership with the Harvest program where we receive cooked food from McDonald's stores to help with our homeless uh, population so they don't have to worry about cooking their food. Um, we thank you again for what you've already done for us and uh, we appreciate anything you can do this year as well. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. McNeil. Does anyone, do any of the commissioners have a question? Commissioner Yanez. Yes, how, how do you know um, which are city residents and, and not county? How do you do yeah. that? Okay. We actually have a sign-in sheet and they put their zip codes there and we have a list of the zip codes that we check. Okay. 
Thank you. Do we have any other further questions? Thank you for a very clear and comprehensive application, Ms. McNeil. Thank you. Next up, Janelle, who do we have? We would like to invite a representative of River City Food Bank to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelists, you have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. There. My name is Erica Petula. I'm the Director of Development for River City Food Bank. Thanks for having me here. Uh, for the past 54 years, uh, River City Food Bank's mission has been to alleviate hunger by providing healthy, culturally meaningful food to anyone facing hunger in Sacramento County. If awarded, funding from this proposal will be used to purchase healthy groceries uh, to distribute through our emergency food distribution sites directly to our neighbors experiencing food insecurity. Those groceries include fresh produce, meat, dairy, uh, dried, and canned goods. Providing these groceries in tandem with, with CalFresh assistance allows our guests to supplement their income and use those funds on other necessary expenses, such as uh, rent and medicine and utilities. Uh, River City Food Bank utilizes an inclusive approach to service, which includes uh, being open five days a week, including Saturday offering a no barrier intake, uh, meaning there are no zip code restrictions within Sacramento County. Um, they do not have to provide proof of ID or income. Um, if they're in line, they will receive food. Uh, we also offer a choice model so that they can shop for the food they need. Um, and we offer culturally meaningful foods such as halal options. Pre-COVID, River City Food Bank was serving an average of 12,000 people per month. Uh, during the height of the pandemic, we were serving a staggering 20,000 a month. And now with inflation compacting that, we are serving 30,000 people a month. Uh, so that is a 30% increase overall, and our lines are just getting longer by the day. So our, our guests are seeing higher gas and, and food prices, and so are we. So the funding would go 100% to uh, purchase healthy food and would go right out to meet the growing need that we're seeing in the community. So thank you very much. Thank you. Do commissioners have any questions? Okay, Ms. Fatua, thank you so much for the great work that you are doing. Thank you. Now, who do we have up next? We would like to invite a representative of Roberts Family Development Center to speak. Please identify your staff by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Ms. Logan Hernandez, we are ready to hear your presentation. I'm so sorry. I have been talking. 
walking away and was on mute. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, Roberts Family Development Center has been in um, Sacramento for over 20 years. The bulk of our services are in North Sacramento and Del Paso Heights communities. We serve approximately 700 children and youth and their families each year. Most of those services are through before and after school programming and summer programming, but we also host youth pop-ups and other outreach events to the community. We are also the Black Child Legacy Community Lead for the Del Paso Heights and North Sacramento area, and we host the African American Healing Network in that community also. Um, funding for this from, from the commission would go to our family emergency fund, which provides assistance to families in crisis or those close to crisis. Um, specifically, or most of the funding would go towards shelter and utilities for people that are on the verge of having utilities um, shut off or on the verge of eviction. Um, we also provide clothing, food, transportation, um, some infant supplies and some health and hygiene products as needed for families. Thank you so much for your time. Any questions? Thank you, commissioners. Yeah, I think the only comment that I had was that um, next year you might wanna strengthen the evaluation component of your application. No problem, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Janelle, next presenter, please. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento Cottage Housing, Inc. to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Before that person comes on, is it possible that we can request to see their faces? I agree with your sen sentiment, Commission. Well, I'm here, but I can't, you can't see me. And I don't, oh, wait, I, now I can. Good morning, or good afternoon by now. It's Chris Martin. I am the uh, Chief Executive Officer for Sacramento Cottage Housing, Inc. We are a almost 30-year-old social service agency providing homes and services for homeless people who are struggling to overcome the effects of substance abuse, incarceration, mental illnesses, and other disabilities. Um, we have two sites, Quinn Cottages and Cerna Village. Quinn Cottages is located in Midtown. Cerna Village is out in uh, McClellan, California, out of the old McClellan Air Force Base. Uh, I think that my, my proposal is pretty clear. Um, I looked for, I've been listening to a lot of the comments that have been going on, and I looked for um, parameters for uh, requests, and I did not see any, which is the reason that I asked for so much. Um, but I'm open to any questions that you might have about what we're doing and the direction that we're going and how we would use the funds that we're requesting from you. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Smith. It appears to me that 
from what you're asking that about a quarter of what you're asking for is food? Yeah. And the rest is other services, classes, exactly. workshops. Yeah. Supplies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's all I need. Any yeah. other questions? Uh, Commissioner Samudin. Um, is it 300? I, I see 372 people served. Is that on a rolling basis or annual or? Pretty, pretty much rolling now. Um, once upon a time, we were uh, temporary housing. Now all housing, is, as you probably know, has become permanent supportive housing. So we there's less fluidity in what we're doing. Um, we would prefer more fluidity, frankly, because we don't want people living in institutional housing for forever, but we are stopped by what we could do. So in answer to your question, yeah. Thank you, Ms. Barney. Thank you. Do we have any other further questions? Okay, thank you, Ms. Martin. Thank you all. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisbeth Acosta. I am the grants administrator here at the Sacramento Food Bank for um, and family services. Just wanted to make sure everyone can hear me. Uh, let's see here, I actually had a presentation, but in the interest of time, I'll go ahead and provide the overview verbally. Um, the mission here at Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services is dedicated to assisting those in need by alleviating their immediate pain and problems and moving them towards self-sufficiency and financial independence. Um, so just a brief overview of the snapshots that we provided here. Uh, we have 150,000 that are served monthly prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now that is about 250,000. We've um, distributed 37.2 million pounds of food in 2021. We currently have 78 staff members and more than 12,000 volunteers. Nearly um, one in five people in Sacramento County is at risk of hunger, um, just to provide an impact of food insecurity on health as it is. Um, impacted children are more likely to experience reduced concentration in school performance, more frequent and prolonged illness, um, behavioral problems as well. Impacted adults that are um, undergoing food insecurity are more likely to develop a chronic disease, exasperated um, existing chronic disease and engage in health compromising coping strategies. So the services that we provide here at Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services are neighborhood food distributions. Um, we do this through our partner agency and community engagement efforts. We have mega drive-through and walk-up distributions as well. We have our No Kid Left Hungry initiative, as well as food for seniors. We offer assistance with our CalFresh programs. Uh, we are the um, diaper bank for uh, the region as well. And we offer SMUD energy help assistance for low income. Two minutes is up. Please provide your last comments. Perfect. Um, just wanted to thank you all for 
providing us the opportunity and to be considered. And hopefully with your impact provided, we can definitely impact um, at least 1,200 households in the city of Sacramento. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Smith. So your budget line items um, are confusing. And I think we had this issue last year as well. Um, the program activities, you say food distribution, but then I don't see specifically where our grant is and what that grant is paying for. Mm -hmm. um, is it all, are we buying, we're giving you money to buy food or is this, are you requesting money for other things? Now, this would be for food purchasing, yes. Unfortunately, the time allotted had concluded at that point in time in which I would detail that for you all, but that would go towards our food purchasing efforts for the Sacramento community. Great. Thank you for that clarification. Of course. Thank you. Do we have any other questions? Great. Thank you, Ms. Acosta. Thank you. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento LGBT Community Center to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Hello, uh, my name is Kobe Rodriguez. I use he, him, and his for pronouns, and I serve as the Chief Program Officer at the Sacramento LGBT Community Center. And the center has been deeply appreciative of the contributions from this uh, commission uh, to provide food at our mental health respite program. So we offer a mental health respite program for youth ages 13 to 24, seven days a week. And through that respite program, youth, that's generally the invitation for you to access one of our three housing programs, including our shelter and our transitional living program. They can also make mental health therapy appointments directly there, um, receive HIV and STI testing, COVID and MPX or monkeypox vaccines. They also participate in our financial literacy initiatives, our Sacktown Youth Nights programming, our quarterly job fairs through our economic justice program, and daily developmental activities that happen there. So this uh, funding will be used exclusively to provide food to our youth, the vast majority who are unhoused or precariously, or precariously housed. And we don't simply just hand out food. So each participant completes a comprehensive intake. Uh, they're assigned an advocate. Um, who can give them community resources and referrals. We are Sacramento's only uh, LGBT center and the largest organization serving LGBTQ folks um, in the community. And uh, we are not asking for any overhead or staff time. 100% um, of our youth um, or 100% of these funds will go to food directly to our youth. It averages about $175 a week in food and snacks. We have a number of partnerships that cover food in our other programs, this is exclusively for our mental health respite and will serve about uh, 500 total clients. It's about 125 per quarter. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Rodriguez. Does any, do any of our commissioners have a question? Commissioner Ellis. Um, I just want to thank you for clarifying that it's for your mental health respite program, because I don't believe you put that in your proposal. And if so, I must have missed it. It may have been listed as our drop-in center, which is a mental health respite program. I just use the more formal name of that. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll clarify in the future. Thank you for the feedback. Okay. Thank you. 
Mr. Yanez. Um, how, how many people do you serve monthly? You gave us a quarter, but what do you serve monthly? So that'll be about, um, about well, the total amount we serve are just through this program. Just this program, because that's all we're paying for. That's right. Um, so we will serve about 40 folks a month, um, but with multiple services and multiple touches. But that would be an unduplicated number uh, just for this program. So the 9,100 is for 40 people a month. Yes, 100 and yes, that's essentially what it is. Um, but that is an unduplicated number. Okay. Thank you. Do we have any other further questions? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Rodriguez. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento Loaves and Fishes to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Hello, Commissioners. My name is Roxana, and I am the Development Director for Sacramento Loaves and Fishes. And we work with the homeless community here in Sacramento. We are known as a great home resource, but also our foundation is our dining room, and that is what the grant is requested for. Uh, we provide hot meals on a daily basis for over 300 um, in-house guests that come to our facility including um, meals provided at Mustard Seed and Marywood. Um, oh. And that's pretty much Sacramento Loaves and Fishes. If you have questions, we can start them now. Well, I, I'm going to jump right in because um, this is the issue we had last year and this year okay. uh, in that you guys aren't specifying your budgeting request. And I was able to tease out, it appears you're asking for 7,500 for the milk fund. And is that what you're asking for? Correct. Okay, thank you. Yes. Commissioner Yanez. You clarify, I was honing on the same thing. I have uh, 7,500 and it's for milk. She didn't identify it in the application. So it is for oh. milk still, right? Roxy. I appreciate it. I will notate that for next year when we do apply for the grant. It, it took a long time to dig it out, but yeah, it should be. Okay. Thank you. And do we have any other further questions? Okay, Roxana, thanks so much. Thank you. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento Regional Family Justice Center to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good afternoon. My name is Daniel Iritani, and I am the development director here at the Sacramento Regional Family Justice Center. The SRFJC has submitted an application for emergency housing as part of our Safe at Home program. 
The goal of the Safe at Home program is to provide victims of domestic violence pathway to permanent housing while also providing them comprehensive services to help them ensure a long-term success. As part of this program and while survivors seeking permanent housing, we are able to provide long-term case management, legal services, therapy for the family and the children, housing for up to two years, financial assistance with down payments, rent, furniture, um, we're able to provide job placement and training and what, frankly, whatever else is needed by, by the survivor to be successful in their new home. Unfortunately, we do not have any funding for the emergency housing portion should the victim need to flee a dangerous situation before they enter our program, which is actually quite common. And that is why we applied for funding today. Um, as part of this program, the SRFJC partners with uh, Sacramento Self-Help Housing, um, we partner with legal services in Northern California to provide legal services related to general housing rights, La Familia Counseling Center to provide specialized job training, um, Neighborhood Wellness Foundation to provide educational classes to earn a high school diploma, um, then Pride Industries to provide job training as well as employee job matching services. Um, I'm happy to take questions. Should you all have some? Thanks so much. Do we have any questions? Commissioner Yanez. Yes. What 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 are you asking for? What is specifically are you asking this this memorial fund to fund? I, I have I know you have all these other services, but what are you specifically want the ten thousand dollars for? Emergency housing, which is primarily uh, hotel stays, while we while we um get the individual into our safe at home program into more long term permanent housing. Are you and you collaborating? I saw you have all these others. Correct. Yeah. I didn't see um, travel aid in there. What was that? Travel aid is another one that provides emergency housing. Okay. Oh, great. Cool. Okay. We'll have to add them, work with them as well. Thank you. Great. Do we have any other questions? Hey, thank you for your application. Thank you. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of Sacramento SPCA to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hi, um, my name is Laura Curris, and I'm the donor relations coordinator at the Sacramento SPCA. We're seeking funding to support one month of expenses for our weekly pet food pantry, the Paw Pantry. If awarded, funds would purchase cat food and dog food for weekly distributions during that month. SSPCA initiated the Paw Pantry in March of 2020 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and intended it to be a temporary resource for pets and their owners. Um, as the effects of the pandemic have persisted and particularly due to the recent cost of living increases, including a dramatic rise in the cost of pet food, the Paw Pantry has proven to be a much needed and heavily relied upon resource in our community, and we intend it to continue. Each week, we're currently serving an average of 135 households or 520 animals, as many households have more than one pet. To date, the Paw Pantry has served over 19,800 households across the Sacramento region, 824 of which were um, during the month of September alone. While Paw Pantry does not directly feed the humans in each of these households, we know that for many people, pets are their are families, and we've seen firsthand the links that people will go to and the difficult decisions they make to keep their families together, often going without things they need for themselves in order to care for their pets. 
In 2021, 13% of people who surrendered animals indicated they were doing so due to lack of funds, and we want to decrease that percentage. Um, it's our hope that the Paw Pantry can remove one financial burden for community members in need and free up resources that would have otherwise been used to feed their pets. The Paw Pantry helps ensure that pets are fed and as many families as possible are able to remain happy, healthy, and together. Um, thank you for your time and consideration of our proposal, and I look forward to questions. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez. You're absolutely right. We do not fund for dogs and cats. We are okay. fund the citizens of the Sacramento. And this happened previously too for people who um, were asking for funeral costs. We also denied them as well because it's not for the human consumption. Okay, I didn't see that in the grant um, guidelines, so I must have overlooked that. Thank you for clarifying. I'm sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> Thank you. Commissioner Zamanudin. Yeah, hey, Jessica. So, you know, I was kind of torn between this because I was thinking the same thing as Commissioner Yandes, but then, you know, to take a step back, uh, you know, I, I was thinking maybe this would kind of indirectly, directly help some of the destitute men, women, and uh, families in Sacramento that are struggling um, and that can't afford dog food or, you know, um, it, it is an essential for like you're saying, a, a member of your family. So I, I, I see I see the mission and the goal, but do you evaluate or um, is there any sort of verification of income or anything of that sort to ensure that the people that, that you are giving the food to fall within that population that we serve as a commission? Um, currently, we are anecdotally collecting that information and obviously we want it to be more formalized. So our... Um, distribution manager and all of the volunteers are developing a survey and we're thinking of requiring people show proof of enrollment in like a SMUD program um, or some other income assistance program so that we can stretch our funds and sustain this and help the people who need it most. But do you, do you even ask them or is it or self-identified without you, without proof of a, or verification, but at, at least some sort of process there to, to at least have some, um, context yes they're asking um people as they're um, so when they pull up you ask them like what do you need how many animals do you have as well as just like self-identified anecdotal zip code all of that sort of information but we're not requiring people to um say that so some people refuse to identify hmm. okay thank you commissioner corbs <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I have the same uh, concerns as Commissioner Yanez and as Commissioner Zamanudin. However, if that were the case, right, I'm looking at our, our matrix here, and if, if we, we were concerned about funding food for animals, we all would have put, put zero down here, and we didn't. Um, I, I certainly do not think that we should make an exception. However, um, if it wasn't completely clear um, and we didn't put zero, then I would just say that I think this one time maybe we should continue to, I mean, at least see where they fall ranking wise and provide a little support for their time and effort. And for these families that uh, we see it on the streets, right? That these families have pets and they need help. So I'm up to anything and I was gonna evaluate my, reevaluate my score 
based on what everybody else was saying and how we wanted to move forward with this. Thank you, Commissioner Yanez. So evaluating, um, compare feeding a child or an elderly woman who's stuck at home and needs groceries. I, I'm comparing a human value versus a, a, an animal. And, you know, human, we got to feed our, our kids. We got to feed the teenager and, and Mac Rowe. We got to feed the, the <clears throat> Women Improvement Center who, who can't go to the grocery store because she's crippled and she can't go down the stairs. You know, so I, I have to, we're evaluating here, you know, our funds are really tight. And so we are to only feed the women and children of the destitute in the city, not their pets. So I just want to emphasize that. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Smith. Uh, I agree with Commissioner Yanez that we, and I don't think people should get participation awards. I think we have agreed on how we will uh, evaluate all of these things. We have our, um, our purpose and we have established our funding priorities for this year. And I don't think we have any business funding pet food. And I have no argument with the fact that pets provide good good um, support to their owners, that they're good companions. I don't hate pets. This just is not part of our, um, our mission, and it's certainly not within our funding priorities for this year. Thank you. Commissioner Corbs. So if that was the case, then, then everybody should have put zero on their matrix, and no one did. Now, Commissioner Yanez was the lowest, right? But everybody else still added points. So at that, so are you changing what you originally had decided, Commissioner Smith? I think we need to look at the revised points once they're submitted by each commissioner. Okay. I did give them zeros in the two columns about meeting our um, our funding priorities and also the purpose of the commission. I did give them zeros there, but I I have changed this and a couple of other ones where they are so not in our funding priorities that I don't believe we should look at is the organization sustainable. I don't, you know, I this in this particular case, there there is no intake process. There is no checking to be sure they're destitute. There is no checking to be sure they live in the city of California. Um, so I'm actually lowering my score for this one um, based on being consistent with other ones. So that's why I just wanted to confirm that what which way we were going. I mean, every single one of these charities, I get it. They're doing great things, but I understand we need to be focused on what the mission is. Um, so. I just want to be clear on that. Thank you. And uh, Janelle, would you make a note for our February meeting for us to discuss this? Because um, uh, my perception was I was surprised that this application even got to us because it didn't meet the eligibility requirements. So if we could put that into um, the February meeting for a discussion topic, I'd appreciate it. And um, SPCA, we, we uh, think you're a wonderful organization. It's just that you don't fit our mission. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just taking a look at the grant guidelines, and it doesn't say that it won't feed animals. So 
Well, it says our mission is to serve the destitute men, women, and children of Sacramento. Right. And so I think because we interpret this as freeing up funds for sad individuals, that that's how tangentially it got there. So if I can give feedback, it might be helpful to make that more um, just blunt. (laughs) But thank you for your time. I'm sorry again. And um, have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Janelle, who do we have up next? Uh, Sorry, one second. Uh, Just wanted to clarify that uh, in determining eligible applications, staff only review uh, because the uh, for location of addresses as provided on the application, uh, that's the only current eligibility criteria. Everything else is content driven and decided on by the commission. Uh, So staff don't screen for content. Good to know, Uh, thank you. We would like a representative of St. John's Program for Real Change to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Once again, we'd like to invite a representative of St. John's Program for Real Change to speak. Please identify yourself by raising your hand. Vice President, it appears that we do not have a speaker for this agency. Unfortunate. Okay. We would like we would like to invite a representative of Sierra Service Project to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hello. Good afternoon. I just want to confirm everybody can hear me. Very good. Okay, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to present before the commission here. Um, Just a little bit of context. I'm currently at home isolating with COVID. So if I'm sounding a little ragged or have to take a a cough break, um, that is why. But I needed to make sure that I was present for this. Uh, My name is Adam Vargas. I'm the Director of Development for Sierra Service Project. We're a youth-centered nonprofit based here in Sacramento on Del Paso Boulevard. Our youth and young adult volunteers complete home repairs for low-income residents. Uh, Next summer, we will be hosting seven weeks of volunteers from across the country in Sacramento County, including home repairs in the city of Ranch Cordova and the Dixie and Clean and Green Alleyways Initiative near our office, which is in partnership with the city of Sacramento and Caltrans. Volunteers join us for a week-long session, building community, making new friends, and learning new skills. Now, providing new tools, providing tools, building materials, supervision, meals, and lodging for our summer program is very expensive. Volunteer participation fees typically fund about half of our work. The other half is provided by donations and grants like this one. These these fees can be a stretch even for middle class families, and they're pretty much out of the question for low-income families uh, like the ones that this commission serves. And our proposal to the Memorial Fund is to provide a pool of money for low-income youth in Sacramento, not only to join us free of charge, but to receive a $125 stipend. Our program will give 20 low-income 
low-income youth who would otherwise be unable to volunteer valuable service learning experiences and growth opportunities. All the youth who have been through our programs have reported life-changing experiences that have helped them immensely in their social and professional lives. And a big part of our long-range plans is to reduce financial barriers by making these experiences more affordable. By providing equitable opportunities and workforce development skills to low-income youth, we can build capable young people and strong neighborhoods. And thank you very much. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you so much. Commissioner Zamonudin. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I think this is a great program. Um, it has a great future. But I have a, sort of a comment, maybe a question to the commissioners also. But, you know, what I, what I read in there was this was going to cover a stipend, which what I take away from that is sort of a salary. Um, so I, that's I kind of caught me for a surprise or um, I don't know what do you guys what do you guys think or is this something that that we're okay with um, or does it even count as a salary really because it's it's helping that population well we'll just go in the order of people who raise their hands so Commissioner Riadas the answer is no we do not pay for stipends that has been previously established in the commission um, in other scenarios, um, because um, we don't pay for salary. It has to be for food. Now he's asking for $1,000 for food. How are you gonna apply that food? And, and, and how are, are you identifying that it's specifically for the city of the Sacramento who are destitute? Yes, uh, so we will, can, can I address that? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Excuse me, as I said, um, this is gnarly. Avoid this if you can't, if you haven't gotten it already, avoid it, it's terrible. Um, we, uh, as part of our week-long program, we feed all of our volunteers. So any local volunteers who join us would be welcome to join us. Uh, we provide lunch on site, so that's, that's uh, included, but as well as breakfast and dinner and uh, their family and parents would be invited to join us as well. And I wanna hear, how you identify they're destitute. I can volunteer, I'm not destitute. Yes, so we do have income requirements um, for our homeowner beneficiaries. We've never done a program like this before, uh, but it's based on HUD income uh, guidelines and we would set up something very similar and ask yeah. for verification when we take applications. And answer my question. You're feeding, you have to feed the poor. If you're feeding volunteers that help the poor, it's not, it's not meeting our criteria. You have to feed the poor. If you're not feeding the poor, you're feeding volunteers that helps the poor, you're not meeting our criteria. You're well, our, 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 um, our local volunteers would meet the criteria of being low income or being poor, so that they would fall into that category. And then you have to show proof how you're evaluating that. You haven't, you don't got it. That's what I'm saying. And we don't pay salaries or stipends to anyone. Food, shelter, directly to the poor. Okay. Commissioner Corbs. Um, I think, yeah, we ironed that one out. The other thing I had written down too is that not only was it paying for a stipend, but it was also paying for kitchen supplies. Was, did the kitchen supplies mean food or was that like pots and pans? And kitchen supplies, we, we have kitchen supplies and food in one line item in our budget, uh, but we wouldn't bill any of that to this commission. It would strictly be food. Um, I, I, I apologize. I 
I somehow missed uh, that this commission doesn't fund stipends, and that is the that is the heart and soul of this ask. So uh, somehow missed that, um, and I, I apologize. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Zamunidi Dean. Just for clar uh, clarification, so you mentioned the volunteers are are youth that fall within the category that, that, that we look for, which is the destitute men, women, and so on, the underprivileged. And so is that the only volunteers that you get? Or can, can for example, can we all volunteer there? And then do we get a stipend? Or is it just specifically that the youth who are uh, underprivileged who, who would who get that? So, so that really is the heart of our ask. Our program is not accessible for low-income youth as it stands right now. We have a prohib prohibitive uh, registration fee that we have to charge to stay in business. We just have to, but low-income youth are not able to participate. And so that is the hurdle that we're looking to overcome. Um, anybody, anybody can volunteer with Sierra Service Project. What we are looking for is an avenue for low-income youth to volunteer by incentivizing that volunteering. Does that answer your question? Would they also have to pay their way in? No, no, not not if they were to be in on this program. It would be completely free, uh, and the stipend would be to, you know, we acknowledge that low-income youth are in a position over the summer where they, they need to not only be volunteering, but making a little bit of money for their family, and so that was where the stipend came, um, came in. And so that, that figures out to $25 a day, because we would ask them for five volunteer days uh, at $25 each. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Do we have any other further questions? Okay. Oh, Ms. Corbs. So let me just clarify. Out of the amount that you're asking for, how much of it is going strictly for food? Is that would thousand dollars. Was that it? So out of the five thousand, one thousand is going for food. That's correct. Okay, that's what I. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Janelle. We would like to invite a representative of South Sacramento Christian Center to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hello. We can hear you. Great. I'm Deborah Simmons, one of the founders of South Sacramento Christian Center. And I just want to thank the commission for all you do, the hard work, the decisions. <laughs> Our program specifically is for feeding. And to date, we have served 37,872 people, which compose of 8,700 um, families. Our main distribution dates are on Saturdays, although we do serve any other day that someone calls in for food. It is drive-through. Uh, during our office hours, it's walk-up. But um, we've partnered with the Sacramento Food Bank. Um, and um, we mainly have volunteers who are bagging up the food that gets dropped here on 
Thursdays and Fridays, we come in, box it all up, and then Saturdays from 8.30 until the food runs out, we're putting it in the trunks of cars or back seats. We have about 25 to 50 walk-ups on bicycles and who go through our lines every Saturday. And that's just the gist of our program. Um, certain times of the month, the lines are longer than others. And some people start arriving by 2.30 a.m. literally telling us that if it were not for this program, they just wouldn't have enough food to get through the rest of the week. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Simmons. I had a quick question about the budget. Um, it appears it was reported incorrectly. So I just want to make sure that what you're doing is you're asking for $9,600 for food. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Just staying under that $10,000 mark. We spend much more than that, but every penny helps. Okay. Thank you. Any other commissioners have questions? Okay, thank you so Oh, Commissioner Ellis. Just at the last minute, I'm just looking at your proposal. If you can just fine tune your evaluation um, is not quite clear to me on how you evaluate the people that you're serving. Um, when you say evaluate, um, can you just give me an example or, or what we do when they pull up, we do take their information, how many are in the family. Um, and in terms of the walk-ups and, and those who come on bikes, we still take their info, but in terms of someone doing a financial evaluation, we don't do anything like that. Yeah, I'm not so much talking about a financial. What you state in your proposals that we estimate at least 90 to 150 destitute men, women, and children will be served. Um, how 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 do you know that? Are you have a some sort of tracking form or? Yes, those are the ones who come through on the bikes. They own no cars. They're from the homeless camps and other um, entities that are right in this area. Okay. That, yeah. So you do track that? Yes, you, we do okay. track that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Simmons. Janelle, who do we have up next? Uh, sorry, for clarification, would the applicant agency please clarify once more the total ask on the budget? The total ask is 19433 Can you please clarify the total? Are you speaking to me? Yes. Would you please clarify your total budget ask? No, it was 9600 Okay. Thank you. All right. We would like to invite a representative of South Sacramento Interface Partnership to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions.
Good morning. Uh, my name is Tom Bush, and I'm the board chair of the South Sacramento Interfaith Partnership. Thank you for your past support and for the opportunity to speak to you today. The South Sacramento Interfaith Partnership Food Closet has been working for more than 50 years to meet the needs of food insecure families and individuals in Sacramento. We're located at the corner of Fruit Ridge Road and 24th Street on the campus of the Bethany Presbyterian Church, and we are open Monday through Friday from 9 to 11.30 a.m. We are a volunteer-run organization with a core of more than 100 volunteers and a paid part-time staff of four. We are supported by a coalition of local churches, and we partner with local grocery stores, including Nugget, Rayleigh's, Trader Joe's, and Grocery Outlet, and with the Sacramento Food Bank and Family Services, which provide us with a variety of nutritious food products, some of which are donated to us and some of which we purchase. The pandemic and the rising cost of food continue to have a major impact on the number of families and individuals we serve. In 2019, we served an average of just under 5,100 individuals per month. In 2020, that average increased to nearly 8,800 individuals per month. In the first 10 months of 2022, we've served an average of more than 10,000 individuals per month, and we anticipate that number will grow in the final two months of the year. Our 2023 budget projects spending $33,000 per month on food. Support from the Land Henschel Memorial Fund has been critical to our mission for many years, and we hope that you will find us worthy of that support again for 2023. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any commissioner questions or comments? Okay. Well, I know I'd like to thank you for a clear and responsive application. Welcome. Now, who do we have next? We would like to invite a representative of Stanford Settlement, Inc. to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hi, I'm Julie Roten. I'm the executive director of Stanford Settlement Neighborhood Center. Um, thank you very much for the opportunity to say a few words about our programs and thank you for your past support of Stanford Settlement. Um, as a settlement house, we provide services for children, teens, seniors, and families in need in the north area of Sacramento. The only requirement to use any of our services is to live in one of the five zip codes around us um, where opportunities are limited and there are many under-resourced individuals. Um, we have appreciated having funding to purchase food items to help not only with emergency assistance for groceries for families, but also hearty snacks and teens for our children's program and teen center participants. Um, thank you again for the opportunity to speak and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Commissioners, do you have any questions or comments? Okay, thank you for your application. Thank you. Now, 
We would like to invite a representative of the Salvation Army to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. We have a call-in uh, listener by participant who is going to be uh, allowed to speak but cannot be promoted to panelist. So you will not see a person presenting. To the representative of the Salvation Army, you're welcome to begin, and we will let you know when your two minutes are up. We can't hear you. Still unable to hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, thank you. The uh, star six wasn't working perfectly. Um, my name is Jonathan Scott. I'm the business administrator for Salvation Army. Um, we've been serving the Sacramento community since 1889. The Alhambra campus in Oak Park was established back in 1963, and every week we serve over 200 children at the Alhambra campus. Um, operations there include a daycare for three to five-year-olds, an after-school program for kindergarten through eighth grade, and we provide basketball leagues, an open gym um, for five through 15-year-olds, a music program, um, homework help, and various other services to keep youth in the community engaged. Um, this grant will provide us with essential funding for the after-school program specifically. It gives us the resources that we need to provide healthy snacks and meals for the children attending the program, including lunch and breakfast during summer break, early out lunches, a weekly dinner on music night, um, and a snack is offered to the children every day. Um, the after-school program provides children with not just healthy snack, but healthy place to be. Uh, like I said, we give homework help. We have fun activities. The kids are constantly participating in music, science, cooking, sports. It's a regular part of their attendance. Um, research by the U.S. Office of Juvenile Justice and um, California Department of Alcohol and Drug Program provides evidence that children involved in asset-based programs and activities are less likely to become involved in high-risk behaviors. So not only are we helping these children that are destitute, but also um, hopefully changing the next generation. 
thank you so much for continuing to partner with us. Um, it's been great serving with you to reach out to the community. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Okay, thank you for your application. Now? Thank you. We would like to invite a representative of TLCS Inc. DBA Hope Cooperative to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Hello, everyone. Um, can you hear me? Can everyone hear me okay? Great. Okay. My name is Erin Johansson. I'm the CEO at Hope Cooperative. We are a mental health and supported housing provider doing business here in the Sacramento region since 1981. And um, we serve people with mental health challenges, substance use disorders, and those experiencing homelessness in a variety of, of uh, different services, uh, behavioral health and housing. The program that I come to before you today to talk about is a brand new program for us. Um, several years ago, it became very clear that many of the clients that we served were struggling with um, co-occurring substance use disorders, particularly methamphetamines, while living on the streets. And that is uh, one of the most difficult addictions to, um, to actually deal with, much, much more difficult than opiates, which gets a lot of the attention. And what really is needed is a long period of treatment. So we offer, through a partnership with Sacramento County, intensive outpatient treatment, and we're, we're pairing that with our new Sober Living Hope House, which is located in Del Paso Heights at a property that we own and are contributing to this project um, free of charge. What we really need is a van to transport people between the uh, sober living house and the intensive outpatient services. And that's what we've asked for here is for transportation. And um, that will provide uh, transportation for years. So uh, although the ask is above the limit that you've all been talking about today, it will serve um, our program for at least eight years. So um, I am happy to answer any of your questions. And I see there's many already happening. So thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Yanez. Yes, the commission does not pay for automobiles. Okay, that I, I apologize that was not made clear in the in the application either. Transportation was one of the drop downs um, yeah. that that was um, available to us. So um, sorry about uh, wasting yeah. your time. I am going to ask President McIntosh, can you add um, um, and in the February agenda that we don't buy cars and we don't pay for stipend to be added to the next year's application, just so we can discuss that. Yeah, um, this is my fifth year and this is the first time I think we've, I've been asked, you know, to review an application for, to buy a vehicle. And I didn't know specifically how we define transportation. So maybe that could be part of the conversation in February is how are we defining transportation? Yeah, because it was discussed in previous commissions. And okay. it no. Thank you. Commissioner Corbs? So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a very great area here, right? So we'll pay for fuel 
and we'll pay for insurance, but we're not going to pay for the actual car. Am I getting this straight? I don't think we pay for insurance. They asked for insurance, but we didn't pay for it. No, we, we do pay, we do pay for it for another. For ACC. Yeah. So I just want to be very clear on what we will pay for. That's why I'm asking it to put okay. it in the agenda. Well, what does the, what, what, what is the, anybody else want to try to answer that? There's nothing in writing that says what we do and don't pay for. We have our priorities and we have the purpose of the fund and Wanda is speaking from a historical standpoint. We have, we have not paid for vehicles. We have not paid for salaries. Um, and I think we have an opportunity to look at making it more explicit moving forward, but I don't think this is the place to have that discussion. No, I agree. I'm just for updating the spreadsheet. We're moving on. I'm putting zero. It's, it seems that's the, well, at least the way I took it, um, when I read our, our sort of guidelines is the operational cost of per ride or uh, a ride for the transport or transportation of the men, women, uh, you know, destitute individuals of Sacramento. It's more the operational cost per ride is the way that I took it. Uh, so. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate the hard work that you guys go through. This was a, this is a, a lot that you have taken on. So appreciate that very much. And, and maybe if those guidelines are just a little more specific, you wouldn't have to read as many grant applications because I know that was a lot of work. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you. We appreciate the hard work you're doing in the community. Okay, Janelle, who's up next? We would like to invite a representative of Travelers Aid Emergency Assistance Agency to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Once again, we would like to invite a representative of Travelers Aid Emergency Assistance Agency to speak. Please identify yourself by raising your hand. Vice President, it appears we do not have a speaker for this agency. Oh boy. Okay. Thank you. Who do we have up next? We would like to invite a representative of Volunteers of America, Inc. to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Ms. or Mr. Hello. Yes, please. Hello, good afternoon. My name is Reem Lamine. Um, I'm grants manager at Volunteers of America. Uh, we have been serving uh, Sacramento and the region here since uh, 
<laughs> since uh, 1911, operating various programs and shelters and providing social services for underprivileged people. Specifically for this um, funding opportunities, we are seeking this grant to fund our navigation center located at Meadowview Road. Uh, actually, and this, uh, this is um, a navigation center, uh, provides uh, safety to women experiencing homelessness in Sacramento. The focus of this center is moving individuals off the streets into shelters and into permanent housing as quickly as possible. POA has created this space for up to 100 women to come out of the elements and heal from the trauma of homelessness. Uh, working in partnership with other agencies, we're operating 24 hours a day, provide shelter, three meals a day, laundry services, case management, behavioral health, employment and rehousing assistance at the site. Some services are provided directly on site while other services may be provided off site. VOA coordinates the efficient delivery of services to each woman. Um, actually, hoping this grant would contribute to keeping the shelter open and operational. The goal of our, our navigation center is to reduce the number of women experiencing unsheltered, homeless, unsheltered homelessness by at least 40% over two years. Hopefully, you can keep the shelter open and operational. Thank you very much. Open for questions. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Commissioner Smith. I, I just wanted to clarify, in looking at your application, it looks like half the money you're asking for has to do with food, and the rest is client support. And I'm not sure what that is specifically. Yeah. Yeah, the client support is the services that I just mentioned. They are to provide um, laundry services, case management, and employment rehousing assistant on the, on the site. I mean, we are providing these services on the site. So 100% of the grant will go to operational services provided on the site. So are you paying people's salaries to provide these services? No, 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 no. We, we have our budget to, for, for our, because we have our staff and this funding, this grant hopefully will contribute to seal the gap that we have in the operational budget. Okay. And the program budget, sorry. I mean. Hey, Commissioner Yanez. Yes, um, how do you prove they're in poverty? in the evaluation and what documentations do you have? Uh, yes, we have our intake coordinator. We have certain uh, we have certain forms to fill and especially this uh, shelter is is especially for women surrounding the the center that's in the Meadowview Road and we'll give them priority for that. And actually we um, we have the referrals. I mean we get we get the women referred from Sacramento steps forward through coordinating coordinated entry based on the priorities of this shelter operation. I understand. So we get them referred to from the Sacramento steps forward and we also have our uh, intake forms and we give priority to the women living around the shelter at Meadowview Road. Okay, uh, the, answer, the question I'm asking is how do you know they're poor? They can be a regular housewife in, in, in a they're not necessarily poor. I understand you prioritize in the local neighborhood, but how do you identify they are 
impoverished? Actually, we are relying on the Sacramento Steps Forward. I mean, they do the filter for that and they have their own system on filtering that. Yes. Okay, Commissioner Zamanadine. Uh, I'm sorry, just one clarification. I mean, we are running, we are the operator for, for the shelter. So maybe many of these admin admin costs will go to, I mean, and the intake process will be done by the Sacramento Steps Forward. Hi, Ms. Elamine. Um, so, you know, fundamentally operational, the operational budget gap that you're talking about, I mean, I, I, would, I would assume that that would cover the salary, as Commissioner Smith mentioned. That's sort of my concern, too. So I mean, the, our 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 funding specifically, what what is that going to go for um, specifically? It's going to go for food, beverages, and providing on-site services. That's the laundry services and the referral services. Because with some some services we provide on-site and some are off-site. So specifically, this because you know. We know this is not too, too much money, but every cent really helps. So it will go to provide foods, uh, beverages, and on-site services. Okay, thank you. That's the laundry services and the case management services, but definitely not the, the not for the staff or salaries because we have the specific budget line for staff and salary. We have big organization on that, but however, I mean, sometimes we lack some some funding on 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 the program level. I would say. Okay, thank you. That makes sense. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Ellis. Um, yes, you mentioned that you target, you get your target audience from Sacramento Steps Forward. So it's just a suggestion. Maybe you just meet with them and just see, you know, how they do their target. So when you come to us, you can explain to us, you know, how they identify. Because Correct. I mean, yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. I just, you know, sometimes I don't want to step on someone else's foot. I mean, to interfere in their work. I mean, we have agreement with them to get the referral from from Sacramento steps forward. So definitely, my management, they have the agreed agreement on that, not on my level. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other further questions? Okay. Thank you, Ms. Alamine. Thank you. Janelle, who do we have next? We would like to invite a representative of Weave Inc. to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good afternoon, I am Julie Bornhoft, um, the Chief Strategy and Sustainability Officer with Weave, here to speak on behalf of our request for $10,000 in support of our Emergency Safe House Program that serves at least 125 adult victims of domestic violence each year, along with their children. Our funding request um, includes funds for emergency food, clothing, as well as emergency transportation and a portion of our utilities. The food request is for families as they first enter our safe house program and before they can be connected with other sources of food. 
Um, one of the things is we um, see families from all different backgrounds, different cultural needs, different religions, and making sure that we can have food that is welcoming and familiar to them is very important to us, along with addressing any um, food allergies or food restrictions. Emergency clothing includes essentials like um, underwear and pajamas that we can't secure through our thrift stores. Um, and then along with emergency transportation, and then finally a portion, a small portion of utility costs for our shelter. And um, I am happy to answer any further questions. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Okay, great, great application and thank you for your hard work. Janelle, who do we have up next? We would like to invite a representative of Wellspring Women's Center to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Chanel Smith. I'm the executive director at Wellspring Women's Center. I am so grateful for the chance to speak today because of the early discussion about the Office of Registry. We did submit our application in the spring like we do every year. And there was a long delay, and it just kept saying the same thing everyone else is saying, which is awaiting reporting. And in September, I reached out to them. They said it would be processed. They then processed it and said we owed an additional $100, which is why it says delinquent. And I did submit that payment early September. I also did talk to Janelle about this application, and she said by December 1st, hopefully it'll all work out. So again, that delinquent is a harsh word, but it doesn't mean we aren't taking every um, action. So Wellspring Women's Center, we're a drop-in center for women and children. We're serving the most impoverished children in our community. Um, we provide meals and a whole host of other services. This grant in particular is for bus tickets. We have an agreement with Next Move where we receive those passes at 50% off, so the money goes further. And we serve an, over 3,000 individuals with this money. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much, and thank you for updating us on your whole process with the DOJ. Commissioners, do you have any questions? Okay, well, part of having your organization start with a W means that we have less and less questions as the day goes on. <laughs> but thank you again for your application. We really appreciate that and your hard work. Janelle, who do we have up next? We would like to invite a representative of Women's Civic Improvement Club to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission. Then please stay available for questions. Hello, can you hear me? 
Yes, we can hear you. Okay, sorry for that. Good, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Dorothy Benjamin, and I'm a volunteer with the Women's Civic Improvement Club, uh, specifically their senior program. Uh, the Women's Civic Improvement Club is uh, located in Oak Park. The purpose of the senior program is to assist low-income senior citizens to pay their rent, purchase food, and to pay their utility bills. Uh, the senior program was launched about 15 years ago, uh, specifically in 2008. And I'm pleased to say we were very fortunate in 2008 to apply for an Anland Grant, Berkman Henschel Fund grant. And we were granted, uh, we received the grant and it helped us with our financial assistance to launch our senior program. Um, our program is in line with the goals of the commissions, the, the commission's 2023 goals, which is to assist low income uh, individuals or people with food and housing. Um, our organization, as I mentioned, is located in Oak Park. And recently I, I noticed that there was a, a local food bank in Oak Park, but it has since shut down. And um, there are just hundreds and hundreds of people living on the streets. Um, and I also noticed that there, um, Oak Park has uh, established a shelter, a homeless shelter. Uh, I think the cross street, the closest structure is uh, X Street and Alhambra, Broadway in that area. But there are just uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people living on the streets. Um, uh, we have dedicated a, a telephone line just for our senior program, and it's constantly filled. Uh, we can't serve the number of people who are calling in for help. Uh, for the last 15 years, we have received an average of uh, 7,000 grant, grant annually from the Ann Land. Uh, which we are very uh, thankful for. Um, your last minutes year, are up. Please make your final comments. Okay, okay. Last year, our grant was reduced to about a third. Therefore, we were limited to how many people we could serve. But I just want to say, uh, in wrapping up, we received a call from the mayor's office thanking us for our work to help the homeless and uh, to thank the commissioners again for your support of our program. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, Commissioner Yanez. Hi, and Dorothy. Uh, I have a question regarding um, your evaluation. You actually yes. gave anecdotals of what people respond to receiving the information, but how many actual people are you serving, the senior people? We estimate between, I think I put it on my application, I think it was 50, 50 to 100. 100. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and because we offer those three selections that they can select from which area they want, and we don't know uh, until they call us what they're looking for. So it's hard to say if they're going to ask for food or rent. So, uh, but I do have the stats on uh, that we have submitted to your organization annually on the break at, breakdown between food and rent of the people that we serve, the numbers. And, and then how do you evaluate your serving the, the poor? Okay, we have a process. When we, uh, first we determine, uh, do they live in, within the city of Sacramento? We have all the zip codes, okay? So we- Okay, by zip code. Huh? Yeah, we do it by zip code. If they're, if they're not in the city of Sacramento, we don't want to waste 
their time. So that's the first thing. But And then we do an in-person in, intake interview. And we ask that they bring three things, uh, their proof of income. Uh, we ask that if they're uh, seeking a rental assistance, we ask that they bring their rental agreement. And also we ask that they bring their proof of income. And the proof of income, we go on the federal scale for the proof of income. And I think it's between 22 to 24,000 a year. So we use that, uh, when I say the federal guidelines for low income, uh, we use their chart to determine if they meet the low income definition at the federal level. And we keep a file, we keep a file of um, all of those documents in our office. So, okay, you need to put that on your application. It will yeah. be there. Okay, sorry about that. Mm -hmm. I know you do it because I interviewed you several times, but yes, uh, and I, I wanted to say uh, 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 we have received uh, positive comments from, from you and other commissioners about the work that we're doing to help low income. But uh, those three things assist us to identify if they are, in fact, low income. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. And Commissioner Zamunadeen, you had your hand up. Hi there. Um, so on the grant application, you mentioned that we are 100% of the funding for this specific part of the program. Um, but you mentioned you're getting calls you know, left and right that you can't yes. handle yes, all the calls. Have you... Sustainability-wise, have you have you guys applied for any other grants or any other funding sources or anything on the horizon? Uh, sorry about that. Um, we also get uh, donations from the community. Uh, there is a church that don't gives us um, monetary donations, and um, the organization is a membership organization. Our our, um, our uh, mission statement says that we help low-income families and uh, to uh, within the city of, of Sacramento uh, for their, their identified needs, okay? And that means they have to prove to us that, you know, they need. So to answer your questions, we get other donations, uh, monetary donations from other individuals and sources. I also want to mention that we were lucky to uh, get a nonprofit partner uh, Smart and Final that's on Stockton Boulevard. And, uh, and our clients that are looking for food, uh, they go shopping there uh, and it's a beautiful brand new store, fresh vegetables and uh, fruits. We also uh, received a compliment from one of the organizations for, that serves seniors that uh, they really appreciate the fact that the seniors can select the fresh vegetables and, and fruit. And um, uh, uh, and there, it ties in, in some cases to their cultural needs. So that was a compliment that we received about how we handle uh, providing uh, food for homeless individuals. Thank you, Ms. Benjamin. Thank you. And thank the commission again for your support. And hopefully we'll be, uh, re, um, we'll receive funds again in 2023. And yes, I'm being bold with it. We hope we can get an increase. And I know there are a lot of, lot of organizations seeking money, but our average over the last 15 years that we've received from the Anlan has been about 7,000 a year. And uh, last year we received about 
third of that. So with all of the requests for assistance, we would greatly appreciate an, an increase. Thank you. Thank you. Janelle, we have one last applicant, yes? Uh, yes. We would like to invite a representative of Women's Empowerment to speak. Please identify your speaker by raising your hand. Once promoted to panelist, you will have two minutes to address the commission, then please stay available for questions. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Zoe Fishman. I am the development manager at Women's Empowerment. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. I know we've heard a lot of presentations, but it really is a privilege to work among a commission and uh, so many of our nonprofit partners who are really passionate about doing incredible work in our community. Um, uh, our mission at Women's Empowerment is to educate and empower women experiencing homelessness with the skills and the confidence that they need to get a job, maintain a healthy lifestyle, and ultimately find housing. Now that's a big picture. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of things, and we do that through a holistic program that starts with our nine-week job readiness and empowerment program. And then we offer supports uh, with paid job training programs and additional programs that help our women move from surviving to thriving. And uh, we are really grateful to the Land Henschel uh, fund for prioritizing housing because over the past couple of years we've seen that become an increasingly urgent need for the women that we serve and uh, as it becomes increasingly urgent uh, it also becomes increasingly difficult and we're seeing more and more women who are having trouble uh, uh, getting a career and, and being successful in that career moving up to be able to afford market rate housing with that out uh, without having housing <laughs> in the first place. So uh, we are asking for support to support some of our uh, relatively new housing efforts, uh, both in our nine week program uh, with housing supports for the women, such as uh, credit checks, help eliminating barriers to housing with our housing specialists and supporting our uh, uh, subleasing workforce housing or our workforce housing subleasing program yet to be named uh, uh, with uh, both funds for those housing supports like credit checks, rental history verifications, uh, eliminating barriers, uh, utility back pay assistance with uh, uh, apologies, assistance with uh, deposits and then also helping apologies. us. The timer was down. Your two minutes are up. Please make your final comments. Also helping us provide uh, community meals. This food is a great motivator and less than uh, less than half of the women we serve report having regular meals uh, during the day. So uh, thank you for this opportunity and I welcome any questions. Thank you so much. Commissioners, do you have any questions? 
Commissioner Ellis. Um, I just have a question regarding deposits. Can you just clarify deposits on what are the deposits for again? So uh, the, when women, move, we partner with many different uh, housing uh, organizations, pipelines, landlords. And uh, when we move women uh, from both our housing programs and workforce housing uh, it, or into like their own market rate housing, often there are high deposits that they have to pay that they don't necessarily have the savings for. So uh, based on an assessment via our social worker and their financial standing and budget status, uh, we like to offer some support with those deposits to be able to make moves like that. So it's a portion of the deposit. Yes, we don't. We we are uh, really uh, really pro self sufficiency for the women that we serve. Our subleasing program allows them to start uh, as they build their income. They're paying more and more and more of their rent until they're paying full market rate. That's our goal to get women to where they they can be successful and self-sufficient on their own without any support. But yeah, we don't usually pay full deposits. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Smith. Actually, that was my exact same question. I just forgot to take my hand down. Thank you. Thanks. Do we have any other further questions? Okay. Thank you, Ms. Fishman. Thank you. Okay, commissioners. Um, Janelle's going to make an announcement about the next 15 minutes. Thank you. Uh, thanks to everyone for the presentations. Um, the commissioners will now take a 15-minute break while staff tabulate each of the commissioners' funding recommendations. Um, but before we go to break, I wanted to announce that uh, the Office of Attorney General's registry was... Uh, I visited the site to double-check on Meals on Wheels as well as uh, Wellspring Women's Center, and uh, their status remains the same and has not been updated as of today. In addition, I wanted to confirm that due to the lack of a presenter for the agency, following agencies when they were called, they are no longer eligible to be considered for funding, and those agencies are NorCal Resist, St. John's Program for Real Change, and Travelers Aid Emergency Assistance Agency. We will be taking a break. Commissioners, please email me your scores, and we will reconvene at 1.45. Thanks so much. Uh, so just for your purview, I'm sharing my screen. Um, I did uh, update each of the commissioner's scores into uh, this amended totals. And then uh, you can see the uh, totals on the far end. 
but for your ease, I am. I then put it into um, another sheet with just the totals that you can see here uh, that shows what they've asked for as confirmed during the meeting as well as uh, their point scores. So I'm going to, this is an alphabetical list, I'm going to reorder it in, in order of top scores to bottom and then we'll cut and paste into the awards matrix and we can make determinations on allocations. And you can uh, make this a little larger for those of us who are a bit older. Thank you. Uh, what you're what you're viewing right now is from uh, highest scores to lowest all the way down um, from all of the entities and then the bottom three are uh, no longer deemed eligible for consideration Janelle can you correct loaves and fishes it doesn't look like this a dollar amount in column B And before you paste this into your matrix, um, historically we get about 125% ask to what we have available. Um, and this year we got 250% uh, ask to what we have available. And so I would like to suggest that we do two things. The first is that we decide as a group that the largest request that we'll consider is $10,000. And then I'd like to look at what that brings our total eligible requests to if we lower all of those that are more than $10,000 down to $10,000. I'd like to look at what the total is if we do that. Yes, please. All right, Commissioner Smith, can you can you clarify your direction to staff? You're asking that I change anything over ten thousand to ten thousand. Yeah, maybe if you can insert a column and put the original and then the um, there you go. So you can just copy all those and then the ones that are above 10,000, take them down to 10,000.
And then can you give us a total? $288,417. That doesn't help us enough. <laughs> so I kind hi. Um, I kind of did that with my own scores and when I dropped it to 9,000 as a max, um, it worked out a little better. So that's just an idea. Um, more organizations were able to uh, receive funding and 9,000 still seems substantial to me. I agree with you. Okay, but before okay. we do so, that, we, we haven't yeah. done the brackets. Yeah, right. And the brackets so, will change right. the total also. Yes. So can we take the take them and put them into the brackets now using 10,000? Sorry, so to clarify, you don't want the using columns, Use column C to put into the brackets. Oh, it's still using the original request amount. Um, as a point of clarification, as there were a lot of uh, questions by commissioners as to line items in the budget and what out of what might be funded would be spent on that is eligible for under the online guidelines uh, whenever the commission does make a final uh, determination on what will be funded uh, it would be greatly appreciated if you could uh, then specify the uh, either the categories or uh, line items because a lot of discussion was had on transportation but not certain types of transportation as an example uh, so just want to make sure that whatever language is indicated by this meeting uh, can then be directed to staff to put into the grant agreements. Okay, can you, do you have a total on this? <laughs> Look at that. That's exactly the amount of money right. we have. Mm -hmm. That's a small miracle. <laughs> Okay, we were supposed to actually say the time that we rec reconvened. I'm sorry, I don't think that was said. Uh, I think it was around 2.10, perhaps. 
Um, Madam Clerk, are there members of the public who wish to speak on this item? We have to do that before we as a commission can talk about it. Thank you, Vice Chair. I do not see, or excuse me, thank you, Vice President. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Thank you. Thank you. Can you scroll back over? I can't see column A. For some reason. Hmm. No column A. There I mean, go. the, the I column A is the applicant column. Yeah, it was just the way, and now it's half disappeared again. That, it's the way that, it is on your screen. Does that help, if inserting a column to the side? No. Um, it, it fixed itself for a second, and now it's disappeared again. Okay, it's fine on my screen. Same here. Yeah, it's fine on mine as well. Okay. So how do we... I, I have we, a need, we need to get rid of $160. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. You can you can um, you can um, amend um, Mr. Coville's um, suggestion for one hundred sixty dollars. It doesn't have to be exactly to the penny. I think we had a range, like a five percent range or something. I, we've done this many times before. Yeah. Plus, there's the folks that are delinquent and may not be getting funding, so it might be a. But move. those have been taken off, right? No, they haven't. They haven't. Oh, we left those on. Yeah, because it, we're giving them until December 1 in hopes that the DOJ will do right by them. They were on the call, I think, too. So. I have a question. Yes. Um, we're actually rewarding those who are asking for more by the percentage signs. Like when they had 25, we still gave them 10. Um, they're still getting more because they asked for more. Didn't, I, I agree with um, our new uh, Mich Michelle that we should lower the request down to nine. Why? Yeah, I see no reason to do that. We're within our, we're within our budget. Um, because- And we did lower, we re lowered requests down to 10, which historically has been kind of what a lot of people ask for. And, and so there, I don't see a reason to okay. lower- Well, my point is that those that ask for more, get more. So then we should be telling everybody to ask for 10,000 so they'll all be treated equally. Well, they're treated equally based on what they've asked for, which I I don't want to I don't think we should tell people what they can ask for if they only need $5,000, let them ask for $5,000. And um, they forgot what based on their score. Right. Based on how much they asked. Is it if they have a higher score? Now the thing would be if they had a higher score and they asked for only 5,000, they had a higher score and they only asked for 5,000, we would have only given them 5,000. Is that correct? Yes. No? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes. the score that matters the most. Yeah, and, and Wanda, I, I do see the point that you're making. Um, however, <laughs> I, however mm -hmm. I have to believe that um, all these organizations are doing the best they can. And they're not, they're not, they're not like gay, they're not gaming the system. I mean, it, it, they could be, they could be, I just don't think that they are. Well, we heard, you know, several, like um, the women's civic center, she was very conservative in asking for money, but maybe we should encourage her to just the 10, because she could use the 10, just like she could use the eight, instead of re rejecting people, you know, that don't have enough funds. I just well, 
but we're not doing that. I know, but I think for I think we should limit the ten thousand as the next application. That's something for discussion that we can put in the agenda. I think yeah. we can talk about all that stuff that Janelle put in that email, a whole slew of different things, but that's not yep. for the call, right? That's for our call in February. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I yeah. agree. Any other commissioners have specific comments that you'd like to make? Can you go to the back to the scores for a moment, please? The amended. Yikes, I'm not seeing. May I ask if you are trying to look at a specific agency? I, I can't see the first column on my screen. I don't know why, if everybody else can, why I can't. There, yeah, now I can see it. Yeah, the scores are on the far right. I know, but I don't know who the scores belong to. Mm. So you, you did something a second ago that shifted it over and then I could see everything just fine and now I can't see everything just fine anymore. You have poltergeist in your computer, commissioners. <laughs> My apologies, Commissioner Smith. I am not adjusting the view. It may be a function of your app. Yeah. Okay. Um, would, it, would it help if she just cut and pasted that one column onto the the one the working sheet that we're working off of right now? Would that help you? No. Oh, okay. Is there a specific question that she could ask? You could she could answer. No, I'm you? just seeing some wildly different scores that I don't I don't understand. Can I just say something? I thought the two that was delinquent, and and maybe this is the way I, I maybe I just misunderstood. I thought the ones that were delinquent were not going to be included, so I changed my numbers to zero. I mean, I did too. So I, I, but did you? Because Meals on Wheels came in the top, and they were one of the ones that are delinquent. It's ACC Meals on Wheels, yeah. The other one was um, Well Springs for Women. Oh. Okay. And those none none of those scores are zeros. Can we go back to the? Janelle, can we go back to the top for ACC? Oh, you have them for zero. Oh, be, oh, I see what you did. It's because ACC provides two different things. Yeah, one's a ride and the other one. One's is rides one. and one's meals. Okay. And it, the rides is current with the DOJ which is that first one, but the Meals on Wheels is not. Okay, so that's where my error came in. And I remember that all of my numbers for them were eights straight across. But it doesn't matter because it, it's their top score anyway. Okay. No, right. it, it, it matters. No, it absolutely matters. How's that? They were quite no, it's way, ACC yeah. Senior Services is very low because of all of her zeros. Yeah. And normally they, they do much better than that. So I was, conf I was confused. I apologize about that. 
So you're asking can Janelle you, to change. Uh, can your you score? provide your direction to staff? Are you asking that you are wishing to amend these um, scores specifically? They're all to eight because they were all eights for me. Okay. So now you have to go down to the Meals on Wheels and change that. Well, let her finish this first. Right. Yeah, change that score first. And now you need to change meals on wheels. Uh, Commissioner Ellis, are you asking for all zeros on the meals on wheels? Is that the one that was delinquent? Yes. Uh, yeah, but we are giving them two more weeks. Okay, see, I guess I misunderstood the direction. I thought the delinquent ones that we were not, so I was confused. Yeah, I. we talked about giving him two more weeks. We talked about not funding them because um, then if we give them two more weeks, we're going to have to decide what to do with that money um, now. So we either give them two more weeks and do nothing with the money if they don't come through, or we don't give them two more weeks and uh, take them out of this matrix and let it let it repopulate. In my mind, those are the two options we have. And I thought we were leaning towards not funding. I think we were when we thought we didn't have enough money to fund most of the requests. But by knocking it down to 10000 at most, we are now in the ballpark. Right. But other people might get more money. They might move up um, and get more funding if we take out meals on wheels that's if we true take out the two that aren't that they aren't are that are delinquent but that's a decision we have to make as a group so we're taking money from people who are current and giving it to people who are delinquent. And then if they, the delinquency isn't cleared in two weeks, then we have that money going back into the pot. And then it doesn't do any good this year. Didn't they talk to um, that they filed? And yeah. it was, weren't they the ones filed, rejected, filed again, and now we're just waiting? So it sounded yeah. like they were going to be so, okay. 
Mm -hmm. Right, but are they going to be okay by December 1st? That's the city's deadline. Yeah. I, I have a real problem with that. When you hear them say that they have done the right thing, they have filed the paperwork, this is literally out of their hands, and now they are going to yeah. suffer for it, and it's not their fault. I mean, I, I just, and I don't know what the solution is. I'm just voicing that I want it on the record that I don't think that's appropriate. They've done what they needed to do in time. And I know that it's like they've had a year, but they submitted this in the spring. Yeah. They did it in plenty of time. They said May 18th and but, refiled October 14th. So they were pushing it refiling, but we don't know when they got the notice. And But I agree with you. I think it would be um, unfounded for us to not fund them because they did have effort. Yeah, they put they, it was all it was a good faith effort. They they delineated that with us. Both of these now if they would right, if they would have not spoken to that, then I would probably lean towards not funding. But since they did, and I have it written down what dates they said. And if and if they don't qualify by by, by December, that's what, fifteen thousand they can go into next year's pocket. You know. Well, it goes into the corpus. It doesn't necessarily mean that we'll, we'll get an additional 15000 Right, it just goes back to the savings. So, um, Karen, would you like to make a motion? I, Karen Corbs, am making a motion to pass this, what are we calling it, this budget, to fund the charities with what is on the screen right now. It's move. I move. I move. Sorry, I move. And and then make make the motion a little longer, saying and if any of these entities don't have, if 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 they are still delinquent on December first, they will not receive funding. Oh, you can amend it. You can amend her her motion. Okay. Does everybody? Did everybody get that? Or do hey, I? Secretary. Uh, sorry, if staff could interject for a second uh, before a motion is made. Uh, there, yes. there does still need to be direction as to what specifically would be funded because a significant number of these uh, commissioners had various comments on what they thought should and should not be funded out of the budget items on various applicants. Yes, that's true. Like the automobile, is the automobile in there? No. The automobile and the animals are off. So I think and that those were the only two. Well, then Sierra. Sierra. No. It dropped out okay. Sierra was asking for a thousand dollars for food, and yeah. so we fund a thousand dollars for food. Right, and that's exactly yeah, that's what they ended up with. So I think that that's appropriate. Yeah. Otherwise, the other things. So, so to clarify, there were a number of uh, applicant agencies that various some of their line items were described by commissioners as yes we fund that and then other line items within the same budget there were questions as to whether or not that should be covered with the funds or that monies may not go towards that particular activity so okay, like if that's not to be included in the grant agreement that does need to be made explicit at this point uh, because otherwise staff go based on the application descriptions of categories of funding uh, which would then therefore mean that the agencies could spend on anything that they put in their application. I, I think the one we had in question was the uh, automobile maintenance insurance that, that was mentioned before. 
that was the one that was Meals on Wheels was asking for in, in vehicle insurance. ACC. ACC. Yeah the vehicle fuel and insurance which we have funded in the past now again yeah. in February, yeah. that's when we were going to decide we need to to talk about what exactly does it mean when we say transportation right so janelle could this be the direction to staff that when you're writing the contracts that the the money awarded is for the priorities that we have determined this year being for food and housing and then transportation as uh, well, especially the organizations that have wraparound services. That was how we phrased it, right? As our priorities this year. I, I think this might that might be a conversation for for maybe February because that that would mean then the, the the funds that we are giving to like ACC, for example, if we're saying no for the transportation, then they won't be able to use that portion of it. If it's five thousand, they won't be able to use that five thousand. If I'm hearing that right, you're talking about the Meals on Wheels. That's no. all food related. No, the ACC, the Senior Services, the transport. That, that's the, right. So if if we're <clears throat> if we're going to say something about no transportation or just focus on the annual priorities, then they're going to be stuck in a catch twenty two where they have this money and now they can't use it because we just sort of made this mandate. It might be better if we talk about it more in length in February for now, since this has been the way, maybe just, you know, stay to the status quo for the moment, but then in February, figure I, out the specific details as to what is operationally transport or not. What are you looking for, Janelle? I, I just want to address that. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're asking to pay not necessarily transportation for the car, gasoline, and maintenance it was to give instead of beginning receiving those one dollars and five dollar donations from the seniors who can't afford it that they will be paying we they will be taking it out of the Ann Land Bertha Hinchel funds to in, in, instead because so, remember so I'm picking I'm picking budgets at at random this is this is not meant to highlight necessarily these specific agencies but just to show um, the budget you know that shows what the money would be spent on can theoretically be described as a single category that is supported by the nlan but comments were made specifically about individual line items and what they what commissioners would feel comfortable with for uh, monies going to specific specific line items but not others um uh uh, does that one have, we're including catering there because she had catering in this one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was, was uh, the museum. We don't pay for catering. Well, that's so, how they. That's, all, that's all their food is. Yeah, all their food is provided by catering. Uh, so as an, ex uh, just again, as, as examples that, um, and I, I picked examples at random, we went through 36 different applications. So I can pull up each of the budgets if you would like to make those determinations. But as mentioned, there were individual line items that various commissioners had comments on what they thought would or would not be funded uh, if approved. So I just wanna note that because we have to write up the grant agreements to specify what categories of funding are allowable under each applicant's uh, grant agreement, uh, that does need to be made explicit now if the intention is not just to allow them to 
potentially fund anything that they put in their application. I agree. I think it's just going to take too long right now to specify exactly what pertains to our funding versus, you know, we've already done our due diligence as much as we could with these different organizations and, you know, through our application process and, and talking to them. I think the way that it's, that it is right now, it should be okay for this year. And then we can discuss that in a special meeting or next February, whenever, but it would, we would have to retrace all of these organizations to go back and read line by line. I think they'll just take up another few hours and right. Wait, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't th think that serves us or the community well. I think we've been diligent. Um, so I, I'd be okay with passing it the way it is. And I think we'll have to figure out what's going to happen to those organizations that are, that might or might not get funded. I think that's all we're, we're kind of stuck on. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and is the Sierra Service Project, is that the one that was stipends? Yes. Yeah, the, and, but, but they had 1000 for food. Yeah, they did. 4000 for stipends and 1000 for food. And we would be awarding them 1000 yeah, So I, using that as the example, if no specifications on what the funds can be spent for are made, then Sierra Service Project would be awarded 1000 uh, that basically the categories would be anything under they put under their application. So could go towards any item they included in their application, including stipends. In this case, then I move to only limit Sierra Service Project to $1,000 for food. Yeah, but if you do that, well, when you do that, then you've got to go back. And, it becomes really subjective. Um, well, I don't want to go $1,000 to stipends. It's it's better if we just if we can just remove Sierra then um, and just make it make it clean or because uh, if you if you do just them then you have to go through every single one again line by line so we can just remove them I, I was okay removing them because the thousand dollars he wasn't specific as far as if it's going to go towards the destitute men women and children of Sacramento it was just more so our volunteers so it could be us and we get food for being there so so is that a move is that a motion I. Yes, I would. And then I, I second that motion. I would move well, through. Let uh, Commissioner Smith make his point, please. If there are several of these that have very little food included in them, that if we were to apply our only food and transportation priority, then several of these would be substantially reduced. I don't see doing it on this one and not going back and doing it to everybody. And I think that we voiced that when we were talking to them, right? Like this should be used for food. It was very clear to a lot of them and hopefully they will do the right thing. But, but it goes off the we, Hopefully they will. The city staff doesn't in, doesn't do that. They they If we give Sierra Service $1,000, it's, it's based on what their application was for and what their application was for was a whole bunch of stuff and they can do they can use it whatever they want regardless of what we say in this meeting yeah. so i'm just saying if we revisit that one there's a bunch more we need to revisit because there's a whole bunch more that had no food or very little food or other things that are not in our priorities so our rating is supposed to be based on us 
applying our priorities to these organizations. And so it should fall out in the rating process, um, except for ones that we make an intentional thing, like we don't buy dog food. Um, and so you'll see that one's way at the bottom. So that was dealt with in our rating process. So at this point, we either start over and decide we're only gonna do food and transportation or we, accept, or we accept what we've done. I think I don't think we can apply one change and then move on. I agree. That's yeah. I think the we should for food and housing. Sorry, I I apologize. I misspoke. Yes. Can, can we adopt this and just figure out what we're going to do with those two delinquent organizations? I, I really think that's all we're stuck on. We're just. I agree. So there's a motion on the floor. We need to act on it or revise it. Yeah, I would, I would, I would take back my motion if you're talking about mine to remove Sierra. I think, I think our due diligence with the, the scoring matrix is is perfectly well, and you know, think it, it is what it is. So I, I think, I think we're we're okay to stay objectively on the scoring metrics. And if a thousand, you know, stuck by it, stuck by. I don't know. So I would remove our, our, our city attorney has his hand up. Yeah, I think it would be helpful for the clerk if everyone understood what the what motions are on the floor. Yes. Has somebody made a substitute motion? So there, I, I believe a motion was made. I believe it was seconded. Now I believe there's a substitute motion. I, I think we just need to understand for the record what the current motion is and if it's a substitute motion. Um, yeah, my motion, if, if this is the one, it's uh, was to remove Sierra Services Project, but I would remove that motion to stay objective with the scoring matrix. So I guess someone should state what the what the main motion is then. That was Karen's motion. Gonna try it again, Karen. We are. I am moving to approve the current matrix the way that it looks right now on the screen. And when we find out about Meals on Wheels and Wellspring, if their contract becomes good, then we will fund them. And if it doesn't, the money will go back to the general fund. Let's second that. To the Ann Land Fund. I would second that motion. General and land fund. Um, I have a question with that motion. Do we have to specifically say the date by such and such date, or is that not necessary? I think the December 1st. It's necessary, I believe, because of the city contracting requirements. By December 1st. Yes, Mike? Uh, it'd be helpful to add December 1st in there. By December 1st of 2022. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the clerk, would the clerk read that back to us, please? Uh, Commissioner Corbs made a motion to uh, move to allocate the awards as listed in the awards matrix and with the 
Office of Attorney General status if the status is not updated to current by December 1st, 2022, the <coughs> funds allocated will re be returned to the Anlan Bertha Henschel Memorial Fund. Okay, and, and who, who seconded that? Okay. So. We're gonna vote. Will the clerk please call the roll for this vote? Yes, thank you, Vice President. Commissioner Chan is absent. Commissioner Smith? Aye. Commissioner Arnold? Yes. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Thank you. Yes. Wanda, you're muted. Sorry about that. Aye. Thank you. Commissioner <clears throat> Zaman Newton? Uh, aye. Thank you. Vice President McIntosh? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Okay. The next item is Commissioner Comments, Ideas, Questions. <laughs> Are there any commissioners who wish to speak? No. Uh, I think we need to know. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm just a reminder. Just a reminder, we're going to discuss no stipend pay, no dog food animal pay, and no car purchases pay in the next agenda. Well, I would like to add one thing. Um, program evaluation on the proposal. I just want a clear understanding because I brought it up a couple of times and then as it went on, I was like, okay. Yeah, it, it was clear that a lot of the organizations don't know what that means. That means. Yes. So we need to be more finite. So a better definition of that. Okay, we'll right. definitely put that on the agenda. And are there, okay, so commissioners, are we all done talking? Because now we can ask the public, to, public, okay. I would like to first acknowledge all the work that Chanel does to support us, especially today. I know how crazy and frustrating it is. And I want to acknowledge Janelle and thank her for her work. Yes, I concur. Thank you. Okay, so the last item is public comments. Matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments? Matters not on the agenda. Vice President, it looks like we do from Rachel Logan. Going to give you the ability to speak right now. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to say, as one of the agencies funded today, um, the the clarity on the evaluation would be very helpful. Um, I know that we have on ours um, that we talk about that everyone that gets funding fills out a form with their address and how many people are in their family and things like that. Um, but it would be very helpful to have a little bit more clarity about what you're looking for on that evaluation piece. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's super helpful. We do appreciate that. Thank you for your comment, Chair. I have, excuse me, Vice President, I have no other speakers with their hands raised. Oh, my apologies. It looks like there's one more. Roxy. Okay. 
I'd like to take the opportunity to say thanks on behalf of Sacramento Lives and Fishes, but also um, I want to know if the the grades or the evaluation is shared with the um, organization. I didn't, I didn't understand what you said. Yeah, could you clarify? So the the last piece where you, the rankings of the organizations, um, are those shared with the organizations at all? Oh, the ranking that we just did. Yeah. Or matrix. It's public. Yeah. Janelle, it is, it is publicly available, yes. Okay, the, perfect. Uh, for clarification, the awards matrix is usually included in the minutes, which needs to be approved in the next meeting, which will be February 2023, and so would be publicly released after that. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And that's the breakdown of how we were um, kind of rated by each commissioner? Yes. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Do, do we have any more folks that would like to speak? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Vice President. I do not see any other hands raised for matters not on the agenda. Okay. Well, this concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. This meeting is adjourned at 2.40, whatever that says. 49. 49. Woohoo! All right, thank Bye. you, everybody.